Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> The world is mine, nigga, get back Don't fuck with my stack, the gauge is whack About to drop the bomb, I'm the motherfucking dime Big fish in a small pond Now the fish trying to throw they book at the crook But I shook, they worm and they hook Guppies hold they breath They want to miss me when I'm tipsy Running everything west of the Mississippi It's the unseen, pulling strings with my pinky ring We got your woman, puck her up, but we fuck her up Bow down before I make a phone call Got 25 niggas running up on y'all But a cheese, we want them keys Everybody freeze on your knees But naked please Before any of you guppies get hot Nigga, rewind my part, fool And bow down when I come to your town Bow down when I'm wet with vans Bow down I ain't a hater like you, bow down to a nigga that's greater than you. Ooh. I take ten steps and I draw. Now who's this in the mad-ass Inglewood edition? I bust like a pimple, my mind is still mental. The West Side connects with me in South Central. When the drag from the zigzag can't fuck with the Phillies holding down the Wild West. Like the kid they call Billy, once again it's Mac 10. The gold crown holder, strong as a Coca-Cola with a chrome pistola. Now who wanna fuck so I can bust when I cuss? My look bring you feel with gear from the surplus. Since a teen, I chase the green, the crack scene team. Low lows, cornices, and baguettes on my pieces. So recognize these real G's. Chase the cheese, the West Side Connect. Keep it rolling like gold D's. Three wheeling and dealing, it's like the California style. But in the meanwhile, in my town, you got to bow. Bow down. When you come to my town. Bow down. When I'm left with bam. Bow down. Because I ain't a hater like you. Bow down to a nigga that's greater than you. Well, it's that Chuck wearing uh. still. For the beanie, yeah. the shadiest nigga when a clip who wanna see me gas I slide my notes on, let my khaki bang. West side, connect gang, connect gang, bing bing bang. Run away, run away, go get your punk ass slayed by this H double O to the D to the S T A. Fuck hot in it, I'm gang related, simple and plain, which means I can give a fuck about you niggas in this rap game. Flashy niggas get stuck up, beat the fuck up. When you come around, keep your chain tucked from this zero zero apostrophe. Yes shit, fuck the studio lyricist, I'm real with this. Talk the talk, walk the walk, kiss me your wax, I'm trying to saw your whole fucking head off, yeah, I'm platinum bound, so bitch shut up, and nigga wall, y'all can kiss my converse like show me, bow down, when I come to your town, bow down, when I'm left with bam, bow down, cause I ain't a hater like you, bow down, to a nigga that's greater than you, bow down, when you come to our town, bow down, when we rest with bam, bow down, cause we ain't no haters like you, bow down, to some niggas that's great. Than you. Yeah. <laughs> Tell you something. Gangsters make the world go round. So you ain't got the clown. But if you live on the west side of your town, make them other fools bow down. West side connection. The world belongs to us. Bow down. Bow down.
guys. Welcome to the September 17th edition of Rubber Guard Radio. I'm your host, KZ. <clears throat> We're doing it early in the afternoon today uh, because there's the UFC fight night tonight, uh, followed by the season premiere of The Ultimate Fighter, which looks to be a really good season. There's some really good fighters. Um, should be fun. Uh, <clears throat> this episode of Rubber Guard Radio is brought to you by our sponsor, WrestleWarehouse.com. Uh, you can get uh, wrestling DVDs, uh, Lucha, um, Japanese DVDs, T-shirts, Lucha masks. Um, they also recently put out two shoot interviews. Uh, the first one was a two-disc set with the Ballard Brothers. Um, I sat down for about two and a half hours with Shannon Shannon. Uh, we went over their career. And uh, the second disc is uh, some of their best matches in SoCal Pro Wrestling in uh, San Diego. Um, there's some good stuff on there. Um, matches with the Young Bucks, uh, Los Luchas, uh, Mirror Image. Uh, good stuff there. Uh, definitely worth checking out. Uh, 1999 for the two-disc set. And the other shoot interview is my pride and joy. I can't put it over enough. Um, the Michael Modest shoot interview. Uh, I sat down for two hours and 45 minutes um, under the learning tree. Uh, Mike was just schooling motherfuckers on everything, you know. And it was just a a, a really good show. And uh, yeah, it was definitely fun. Um, also, uh, this episode is also brought to you by a, a friend of friend of the show, uh, Carl Stern. Uh, his kayfabe, that's his kayfabe name. His uh, artist or author name is James S. Hicks. And he just put out a, a book that you can read on the Kindle. Um, it's called Absence of Absalom, A-B-S-A-L-O-M. And you can get that at uh, Amazon. Amazon.com, just uh, type in, I would say, Absalom, or you can go to the player page for uh, Rubber Guard Radio, and you can click on the link. And I have on the line first my guest co-host, Mr. Ed in San Antonio, Eduardo. How's it going, brother? Hey, what's going on, Casey? Sorry I'm a little late here. Oh, it's all good. Uh, what we're going to do is we're going to open the phone lines for the whole two-hour show, uh, area code 347-215-7946. Um, got anything to say? Anything you want to talk about? Let's bring it. What's going on, Eddie? Uh, not too much, man. I was just taking care of a little business with Stevie J. He's going to be doing me a favor in the morning since he's got a, what do you call it, one of those fight club things. He's going to hmm. I'm gonna send him some money to get me some tickets just in case they're out of the good, you know, the cheap ones by Saturday when they go on sale to the public. So, Cool. I agree. So Jay is are you, out here. Are you ready for a big UFC night? Uh, tonight, uh, yeah, uh, hopefully it'll be pretty fun, man, it'll be pretty good. Well, b- before we get going, we, we have a caller on the line. Caller from the 813, whom am I speaking with? It's the man you asked to come on, bro, you don't recognize my area code? Oh, shit, I didn't write down your number. Big D, what's up, baby? I got Ed hey. on the line. Did you have to play the whole yeah. Bow Down song, bro? It's like, damn right, I know, motherfucker, because I'm repping, repping <laughs> the West Side. Okay. I know, man. But people complain about my song being a minute and a half. You played the entire song, man, but that's all right. This is a two-hour show, so it's all good. How are you? And how's Ed, how, how's it going? How, how's everybody? Uh, it's going pretty good down here, Big D. It's going pretty good, man. So we'll get to see cool. some kick-ass fights tonight. That's what I'm saying. I mean, that's why we're on the air early. You know, I had to get in a show this week. I, I can't do it tomorrow, so I figured, fuck it, man. I got a couple hours free in the afternoon before I pick up the kid. You know, we may as well uh, get goofy. 
But uh, we're going to start out UFC fight night, brothers. We're going to run it down. Um, Dan Miller, who I have no idea, against Rob Kimmins, who I have no idea. So we're just going to scrap that one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the next one in the 185 division, we have Drew McFedries in there with, uh, I wouldn't say a tomato can, but, you know, the guy's got a 10-2 record, but I haven't heard of him. Uh, Mike Masenzio. You guys hear this guy? I never have. No, oh, man. <laughs> oh, you're you're on the dark matches right now, right? Yeah, I'm in the darks. You know, it's like funny. Uh, when you watch one of these fight nights, they don't really try to stack them with a lot of talent unless it's like one big fight. Uh, I mean, there are some pretty big fights on the card, but it's funny how a UFC fight night is the sort of the equivalent of a regular UFC pay-per-view's darks matches. Um, mm-hmm. So when you're doing the dark matches for the fight nights, you know you're going to have some people that you've never heard of uh, that you've never seen before. I guess it's Dana giving them a shot or whatever. But see, you know, the thing is, though, D, um, I get the I get the dark fights after because you never know, you know, what you'll miss. Or you know you never you know you might see that diamond in the rough, um, like this one. I I don't know why this is dark. Uh, Kyle Bradley, who I don't know, taking on Joe Lozon. I I don't understand why that's a dark fight. Yeah, Lozon's a big team where you can put him on there. I mean, he's actually kind of popular and he's a pretty uh, goddamn good fighter too. Yeah, that's didn't he be fight fun. Ken Flo a couple of uh, a couple of fight nights ago? Yeah, he did. Think, he, got, yeah. he got out class on that one. He wasn't ready for someone with the experience of Kim Flo. But Joe Lazard, as long as he keeps working at it, man, he's got the, you know, the, the sky's the limit. He's got potential. And it's he's all young, too. Yeah. You know, he's young, you know, and he's been training out, out in uh, Hawaii with BJ Penn. So, you know, his jitsu's fucking rocking. Um, the next one, which is a dark, fi- dark fight as well, we have Wilson Govea. You know, who's a pretty decent, you know, 185 against Ryan Jensen, who's coming up. So, I mean, this is another good one. <clears throat> All right. Yeah, I think I think Govea's got the edge on in the, in this in this fight, so I'll go with Govea. I don't know. If yeah, he, he's a little more experienced from what I've seen. Hey guys, um, we have a Skype caller. Wow, Uh-oh. it's uh, <laughs> Skype caller. Bring on the trolls. Welcome to Rubber Guard. Who am I speaking with? Hello? Who am I speaking with? Experto. Who? Experto. We got too many uh, Hispanics on the line. Hang up on that guy. Hello? Okay. Okay, we'll see you later, brother. <laughs> too many Hispanics, man. You're surrounded, KZ. <laughs> I know. Them damn Mexicans and Cubans. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, uh, we have Alessio Sakara. Hey, Casey, how come your chat? How come the chat in your uh, blog talk looks different than uh, all the other chats? I, I can't know. even see it on mine. Really? Yeah, I just nothing there. That's weird. Oh, okay. Well, that experto guy that called is in the chat room. So kind of weird. All right. I have no uh, idea. Weird. No clue who that guy is. Whatever. He's a listener. Uh, Sakara against Vidapapo. I have no idea who this guy is. You know, there. Yeah, he, there's no information on him at all. Nothing. At all. I think Sakara's got this one. But then again, man, I can't say that because if you don't know the other guy, you really can't just say, oh, well, the other guy's in UFC. You can't. So I, I can't tell you anything. There's a lot of unknown people on this card. And then this one, they they have they have listed. Um, they they say it's 
going to go on last, which I don't understand. Um, Eric Schaefer, I think, is going to make Alexander, uh, Houston Alexander, tap out of his UFC contract. That can't go on last, man. Not with uh, Diaz and fuck it. Not with Danzig and Guida on the card. That can't go mm-hmm. on last. Yeah, that's I've right. Seen, I've seen that one. Like, have, like some sites will be uh, saying that uh, Houston's the main event, and then all the other ones are saying Diaz and Nier and, and are the main event. It's like I'm kind of curious as to what's the deal and who's really going to be the main event. I mean, why are they? I know Alexander's from that. Uh, that's from, like from Omaha. Yeah, I know that's oh, okay. his home countyship, but still, I don't think he should be in the main event, especially after you've lost two and the guy you're fighting is not, I don't really know a whole lot about him. So, I mean, I don't understand why he would be the main event. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't understand that either. Uh, we have another Skype caller, so let's patch him in. <sighs> Skype caller, welcome to Rubber Guard Radio. Michael, I'd like to meet you. Well, Okay. Why don't you fucking blow me? <laughs> that was gay. Jesus don't worry, it's just, no... some, it's just some fat, overweight, unemployed guy sitting in front of his computer eating ice cream. Don't, hey, don't, don't, don't talk about Vince that way. Oh, get out of here. That's not even right. Vinny's a, not a goober. I met him. Yeah, and he's actually not that fat, man. So <laughs> I know, that's weird, me. isn't it? That's not compared to me and Big D. <laughs> That's for sure. Hey, speak for yourself. I'm sexy. Shit. <laughs> so am I. But, you know, <laughs> nobody's perfect. What's with this Experto guy? Man, Maybe he's, he's a troll on the board him. under a different name. Yeah, I guess he is. What a fag. <clears throat> That's gay. Uh, let's see. Let's go to the next match, um, which I think is one of those secret Loser Leave Town matches. Um, Alan Belcher against uh, Short Fuse, faggot-ass Ed, Ed Herman. Um, do you guys think it's going to be a loser leave town? Uh, it depends. Uh, it's, see, it's hard to say because whenever you – you could be right, but from what I've seen, if if you think it's a loser leave town fight and both guys come out there and bang and they have, like, an incredible fight, Dana might not be so willing to let him go. So uh, it could be. I mean, both guys have – I think they both lost their last fights. Am I correct on that? Yes. Um, 718 caller, that's on hold. Um, what we're going to do is we're going to run down the rest of this uh, UFC card. If you can call back in about 10 minutes, I'd appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, let's see. Oh, I see the chat now. Sorry about that. Okay. My, my, my choice for the, what I think is the main event, uh, Mac Danzig taking on possibly his toughest challenger, Clay, my dog, the carpenter, Guida. Um, I mean, guys, you guys have heard me before. When they put the 155ers on, man, they're going to tear shit up. And Clay is money. Whether he wins or loses or not, he's money. This is the real main event. Um, I'm going to say Clay is going to tap him in the third. I, I hope that Clay can, can actually finish. Um, what, what do you think, Eddie? Well, um... I'm, I'm hoping Clay wins. Clay's one of my favorite fighters, but uh, he has trouble. If you look at his record, he has trouble with uh, very smart, intelligent fighters, and Meg Danzig is a very smart, intelligent fighter. And um, I don't know, man. I mean, I'm sure uh, Guido will dominate for the most part, 
but he may leave himself open like he did against uh, Warta, and uh, he could um, he could lose it, man. So it's kind of it's, it's, uh, I'm gonna go with Guida, but I wouldn't be surprised if he gets caught like late in the fight. Mhm. Yeah, I, I have to agree. Uh, what, what do you think, D? Man, this is gonna be fun. That's that's really exactly. to me. Yeah, it doesn't matter who wins or loses. Guida's a wild man, and Mac Danzig's one of the best heels I think that they've got. And you know, to use the pro wrestling terminology, because when he was on the Ultimate Fighter, he was the one guy like like we talked about before. Oh, I'm a vegan. I'm better than everybody. And with that, you know, deep voice and that super hot wife he's got. You know, it's easy to hate the guy, but uh, you can't deny his talent and that rear naked choke, which, once again, I don't want to go to wrestling terminology, but that is his finishing move. Much like B.J. Penn's finishing move is also the rear naked choke. You know how many guys he's beat with that. Um, if he catches Guido with that, forget it. Uh, and I actually think he will because Huerta caught, caught Guido, and I, I actually feel that Danzig might be a little more talented than Huerta. Could be wrong on that one, though, but... Uh, I think Guida's going to have to ground and pound him. I don't think he's going to be able to tap him out, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. It's going to be fun, and I, it's, it's, a, it's a real good test uh, for Danzig. Uh, <laughs> Danzig. <laughs> Mother! So I freak out when I hear, hear his name, man. But, you know, it's, it's going to be a, a real good test to, to see if, you know, he can hang. You know, with the with the 155ers, and it's going to be a fun fight for for everybody involved. Um, yeah, neither now, guy I, should leave after this one, win or lose. They should both stay. Well, yeah, and to be honest, I think that the winner of this fight should face the winner of the next fight, the main event, Nate Diaz and Josh Neer. That way, you have guys advancing forward in the division. Um, Neer or Diaz, uh, Ed. Eddie. What's that? Oh. Uh... Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with uh, Diaz. Diaz, okay. Yeah, I think he'll sneak in a submission somewhere. Um, I think he'll actually be dominated maybe for the first two rounds or uh, Nero being in control. But I see Nate uh, squeaking in a triangle from the ground and uh, tapping him out. So, so do you think he's gonna do one of those uh, funky ass poses again? Uh, knowing him, you know, I wouldn't doubt it. Him and his brother got in the octagon after the fight and started smoking a blunt. <laughs> man, um, how about you there, uh, Big D? Yeah, man, I agree with Ed. You want to talk about heels? Once again, here we go. The Diaz brothers are untapped marketable potential. I mean, if you want to really do a fight that would really appeal to the Hispanics, I don't see why they can't do Roger Huerta versus Nate Diaz or Nick Diaz if he'll ever come back to the UFC. Um, I think that that the Diaz brothers, both of them, you know, they're trained under Cesar Gracie, very talented. I still think they still have a lot more to do in in this business, in the MMA business. I do think that uh, he's going to catch them in a triangle or something similar to that on the ground. I actually agree with Ed. And uh, hopefully we'll see a funky pose, and hopefully we'll see an insane promo. That's what I'm really looking forward to. There you go. So uh, do you think that they're actually going to, um, you know, put those, put these guys together? Who? Um, the the semi-main and the main on the, maybe a next fight night show? I don't see why not, or, or maybe even the end of the card of a UFC pay-per-view. What they should do if they want to be smart, and I don't want to, you know, I don't want to, like, you know, 
overpack the show, but I think they need to do something with Brock and Randy on this card. I think they need to do an angle, for lack of a better term. Have them, you know, have like maybe Rogan interview both of them. Do something now to begin the build toward that huge show in uh, November. I think that would be a smart thing to do. I have to agree. All right, guys, um, we're going to uh, move on to the next segment. So, uh, Mr. D, I'm going to give you the office. Let people know what's going on later on tonight and tomorrow. Me? Yeah. What are you talking about? What is going on tonight? Don't you have a show No, no, I don't have a show tonight. (laughs) Nah, Mm -hmm. um, because of the UFC... I will. I did not have a big D Super Friends show tonight. The one I did was on Sunday. I'll plug that. Uh, me and Lou got together on Sunday. We talked about wrestling video games. Now, we were unable to finish the conversation because the uh, phone cut out, and then once you're past the, you know, the, the, the hour or the whatever, the, whatever time you have on Blog Talk, it boots you off. So we're going to do another one soon, probably next month or so, uh, talking about Fire Pro and all the games that we missed out on. Uh, we covered... We yeah I know you I know you wanted on that we're and we're gonna talk about King and Coliseum and all that stuff all, lots of games we left out um, but it is available on Angry Marks or on BlogTalkRadio.com slash Emperor underscore Big underscore D the next show that I do will probably be next Wednesday night and tomorrow night's the Angry Marks show at eleven there you go well thanks for call, thanks for coming in D it was uh it was my pleasure okay I'm gonna cut you off because I have a very special guest. Of course, those. you always have a special guest. <laughs> of course, brother. But all right, game. I got more game than Brian Alvarez, baby. That it, it appears uh, so. <laughs> uh, but all yeah, right, man. Will, thanks uh, for having me on. I do appreciate it. All right, brother. Hey, enjoy the fights tonight. I will. Thank you. Take it easy. Later, man. All righty, right. Ed. What we're gonna do is we're going to patch in the big, the big boss. Coming from San Bernardino, the owner of the Empire Wrestling Federation, Mr. Jesse Hernandez. Welcome to the show, Jess. How you doing, boss? I'm doing good, Casey. How's everything out there in uh, Northern California? It's nice. It's nice. Um, I, I wanted. I'm sorry for having you on hold. I wanted to to get rid of uh, uh, wrap up the MMA portion of the show. So. Uh, no, uh, no can, problem, man. Not a problem. We can, not a problem. Uh, we can talk pro wrestling. Um, there you go, Mr. Ed. Um, have you have you caught any of Jesse's matches on the ESPN AWA Classic shows? Um, actually, I just barely got uh, ESPN Classic this past week, so I actually haven't uh, oh. been able to catch any yet. But I, more than likely, I'm pretty sure I saw him back in the day. I just I'm trying to remember, trying to go through uh, my. We had uh, one of your more famous ones, Jesse, was the one with Colonel De Beers. Um, that, that was actually my special match. <laughs> yeah. One of my favorite ones, actually. Yeah, that was some. Uh, that was some really good stuff. Um, I, I I caught the show uh, sometime last week, and and they had Brody in there, and he was killing Tim Patterson, and I was like, Oh yeah. Were, oh were man. Ever, were you ever in the ring with Brody? Yes, I was a few times actually. Uh, him and uh, Brody and 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 the Barbarian, mm. North uh, the Barbarian uh, attacked. Can you imagine both of both being in the ring with both of those guys? But you know what? One, I think I I gotta tell you something. Those sure. guys really really never hurt me. They they took care of me, and and I I often wonder why because everybody that they that they wrestled came out of there all black and blue, man. 
And and, uh, and years later, I asked uh, the barbarian. I said, brother, I gotta ask you, man. I mean, all those times that I wrestled you guys, you guys. I mean, I, I remember some of those guys with, the, like Tim Patterson, like you said, Tim Patterson. Guys like that, they came out all black and blue, man. And and he told me, he says, you know what? Brody was the boss in that ring. And he said, hey, let's take care of that little Mexican guy. He said, he's a good guy. You know, so <laughs> maybe, that, maybe that's why. I don't know. But that's what he told me, and, and I was very, very happy about that. <laughs> well, the, so, the, the thing is that Brody and, and Hanson and, and uh, Nord, they, they, had to, they had to really pour it on as far as their gimmicks concerned. Because Absolutely. especially in Vern's territory, because it was more of a wrestling type of territory, so they had to go that extra mile, and and you know that's that that was an amazing time. Um, eighty four through eighty six with Brody was just you know that was possibly my second favorite time of Brody's. Um, my first was uh, his his All Japan run. With um, right. Hanson as a tag team in '84 and '85, they were just unbelievable. And oh, uh, they you know, were awesome. Yeah, I, I yeah, got, a, I got, a, I got a Brody question if I could ask real quick. Um, do you have when he was in the AWA? Of course, he had to go by King Kong Brody because of uh, the Bruiser. And I was wondering, did he, did that, did he resent that? Did that bother him that he couldn't be Bruiser Brody and, and that he had to go by King Kong Brody? You, you know what? I, I don't know. I, I, you know, when we did those uh, those uh, events in Vegas, we were in separate uh, dressing rooms. Like I said, that's why it took me years to find out. You know, from uh, the barbarian, you know, and ask him the question that I that I just mentioned. And uh, it took me years before I finally had a chance to talk to him, because when we did the Vegas stuff, we we didn't really communicate. We they were on one side of the the building, and we were on the opposite side. You know. So there was no no communication except you know back and forth with the referee. That that was it, or or by phone. But you know that was limited. What was the Vegas now, show that they were at the Showboat, right? Showboat, yeah. It, it, it was at the Showboat, yeah. Yeah. Showboat. Now, I'm just hold, hold on, just a second, Ed. Um, I forget. It was a. It was a. Yeah, it was the Rock and Roll Express shoot interview I, I listened to yesterday, and they mentioned that in Memphis. You know, they had the kayfabe locker rooms, the heel and the baby face, and right. that instead of sending a referee over, they sent over a, t- a tape recorder with the finish. Have you ever heard of that? Never. First time. First time. Hmm. This is the first wow. time I've ever heard of anything like that. Well, that's yeah, that's a pretty good idea. Um, that is a hell of an idea. <laughs> because you know, to be to be honest, Jesse, I I. I think that the business needs to go back to the kayfabe locker rooms, heel one side, baby face on the other. They get sent over a finish. Um, yeah, so that, I well, I, I know that your boys, your boys yeah. in San Bernardino, they know how to go out there and put on, you know, 20, 30-minute matches, and they can just go, you know. Exactly. And, and I, I it, it seems to come off more choreographed now, where guys are working on spots and all this. Um, Raven, for one. He says, you know, hey, I've got five moves. You know, uh-huh. he tells the guy, these are my five moves. We're going to do these. We'll fill in the blanks. Here's the finish. Yeah. It's not so, It's not spontaneous. Yeah. Right. I agree. You and know? you know what? Uh, I have to say that some of my best matches were, were you just went into the ring with uh, maybe a couple of, uh, you know, just a couple of uh, spots, you know, and then, of course, your finish. And that was it. Everything, you know, came, you know, depending on how the – 
how you felt the crowd, you know, which is something that the new generation of wrestlers just cannot understand that. You know, they, they got to go in from beginning to end knowing what's going to happen, you know, and that's, you know, that's, that's not the way to do it. You got to know how to, com- how to listen to the crowd. I, I tend to put it this way. When you go out to a nightclub by yourself and you go and you walk up to the bar and you find a girl and you ask her to dance, do you know beforehand what dance moves she's going to do? Uh, you have no, no idea. <laughs> there you go. That's exactly what it should be. Exactly. That's you know. It's very well put. It, it, it really bothers me because it seems like these guys are going out and they're, they're playing wrestling. You know, they're not yeah, telling yeah. stories. They're not. I mean. Yeah, and, and that's why when they blow a spot, you know, and they, or they forget something, that it's like they lost. they got to rethink. They're lost. You know, it's no man. <laughs> no, that's not the way we did it back then, brother. Now, have you been watching any of the current product at all? Any of the what? Are you, I'm sorry. Any of the current WWE product? Uh, uh, very little. Not as much as I'd like to. I don't, you know, some. Unfortunately, I don't have the time. I'm running around, uh, you know, doing my publicity, uh, putting up flyers, flyers, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's you know, to be able to draw a crowd, you gotta really bust your case and, and, and run around putting up flyers and. And so by the time I get home, that stuff is almost finishing, or so I catch a little bit, but not much. Yeah, the um, there's there's actually been a, a a long story that's that's been just going on for months. Uh, Shawn Michaels and Chris Jericho, right? And uh-huh. they're just it, it's it's a throwback, you know, brother, right. to what we grew up watching. Um, exactly. Believable, you know, completely mm-hmm. believable. Um, yeah. You know, Jericho at SummerSlam took a swing at Michaels, and Michaels. Yeah. Uh, Moved in and it hit his wife, who was in you know the ring with him. And I, I did, I did watch that uh, <clears throat> that event, and uh, and mm-hmm. that was the highlight of that whole the whole pay per view. Mm-hmm. I thought I thought mm-hmm. that was the best thing that that was on there. You know, better than any match. I mean, the angle that they did was beautiful, man. It, it was really really good. I, you know, so I I do have to take my hat off to both uh, gentlemen. They were and awesome. I I I don't condone. Um. I don't condone, you know, violence against women. I, I don't. Uh-huh. Now, right. since you know, since WWE does it on like every other show, you know, it doesn't mm-hmm. mean anything. But the way right. that they worked it, it, it was just beautiful. And she took it too. She oh, took yeah, it. Oh yeah, yeah. Fat lip and all. Oh. I mean, she was busted up. Oh yeah, man, that was beautiful. I mean, you know, I mean, I mean, it was well, well done, well put together. Uh, both, they all did a hell of a job on that. Ed, and Ed, like what I said, think I think that was the whole uh, highlight of the. I'm sorry, that was the whole highlight of the whole uh, yeah. the, the whole pay per view. I think that was the, yeah. the best thing, and I and it's not the first time I mentioned that. I that's what I've been telling who you know people that have asked me about the about that pay per view. That that was a highlight. That was it. Yeah, I'm, that you was know? the only reason I got it. Yeah. You know, wow. honestly, it's the only reason why I got the replay. Um, right. Hey, Eddie. Um, Yo. We're we're discussing the um, the Jericho Michaels feud. Um, what? Well, I mean, you go back. You're, you're in Texas, so you saw world class. You saw Southwest. You saw all this all this hot stuff back in the day. Um, how did the the SummerSlam angle come off to you, and how did it make you feel? Uh, I thought it was awesome. I mean, it was uh, to me. It just, it just said, it said money. It just it was money, and uh, yeah. it was executed perfectly. Everything was just awesome, and uh, it really goes back. I mean, it really kind of. 
you don't see angles that make such an impact. I mean, like you were saying back in Texas, like uh, you know, you, you, it's hard to find the 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 match of Cage Door Slam, you know. And that's what this was kind of was. I mean, it was just like that. It was money, and it was you knowing it was money and making you excited for it. So it was kind of a throwback because they very rarely do anything nowadays where you're really excited and it's like, you know, make you say, oh, shit, I can't believe that. You know, and that's mm-hmm. what they did with this angle. Yeah. And they're not done yet. No. They are not done yet because they put the strap on Jericho a couple weeks ago, and now that extends the program, and they're going to go to a ladder match, which is Michael's match, you know. Well, you know, he didn't he didn't create it, he didn't innovate it, but you know, it is his match. And I, I think that Michaels would probably take the belt and they'll go with Jericho winning the rumble and they will finish it at Mania. But that's just my call. And I, I see that they could do that. That this this angle has legs because they both can go in the ring. You know, oh, going in the ring's not an issue. They both can do it on the stick and Michaels has the amount of the amount of stroke backstage where he can write his own stuff, and That's he has, nice. you know, he has that type of control. And you know, and Michaels, he, you know, he's not an idiot. You know, he came up, you know, the hard way. You know, he came up through Texas. He came up through Watts. You know, he learned properly. That's um, right. Have you ever been in the ring with um with Michaels? <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned that um. Uh, for some reason, Shawn Michaels credits uh, his first match uh, with uh, WWE uh, as a match be- uh, between them and myself as the Intruder. I'm trying to think if I wrestled as the Intruder. I can't remember if I wrestled the uh, yeah, It might have been as the Intruder and and uh, Mike Sharp. But that was actually the second match because it was the night before that they had a really good match. Uh, the, uh, the night I was a, it was an okay match. You know, it just... Except that they they didn't have no pops in it, you know. And uh, I don't remember who they wrestled, but uh, that night I remember uh, they were unhappy about it, you know. And uh, knowing Sean and, and Marty the way I did, you know, I asked them, "Hey, man, if you set it up, I'll wrestle you guys tomorrow, you know, with any partner, you know, get you guys, you know, you know, at least, you know, because I I knew their style and everything, lucha style, you know. They were highly into that. So and they arranged it the very next night. I, I, whether it was in Fresno or somewhere up north, I think um, we wound up wrestling them. And you know, up to this day, they credit that as their first WWE match. If you if you ever look it up, uh, Shawn Michaels claims that as his first uh, WWE match. Well, you know, it, Michaels Michaels has gotten a bad rap. Uh-huh. You know, um, you know, having an attitude or whatever. And but you know, okay. if if you take care of him. If you mm-hmm. help him, I don't. Um, yeah. He's so a, if you help him, he will not forget. No, he won't. He's he's really a good guy, man. He really is. You know, I mean, you I've know. known Marty. I mean, Marty and Sean both. You know, since they were, of course, when we were all over at AWA doing that stuff out there, and so you know, so I, I knew him when he first came out, just a young kid, probably seventeen, eighteen years old. You know, and uh, of course, you know, he comes into WWF at the time. And uh, and then later on, when he did get hired, that were when they both got hired, um, yeah, they they might have been a little bit cocky here and there, whatever. And then you know, of course, you know, uh, the, the, then the click started, and of course, you know, he did get big headed and stuff, you know. And then you know the rest. I don't have to tell you, you know. 
But uh, I think that now the Shawn Michael of today is so much different than what he, you know, than what he was in the in the 80s, you know, or early 90s. Yeah. Um, the other day, I, I I have a three disc DVD set of the Marty Jannetty, uh, Shawn Michaels feud after they broke yeah. up, and yeah. uh, the the first segment on on the set is uh, Michaels putting Marty through the glass on the barber shop. Right. Now that was yeah. another hot angle. You know that, that was, was really filmed at the. You know that was filmed at the Tuesday night in Texas. No, I didn't. Oh. Wow. Yeah, because I went to that show and I remember it, and I was like, "Cool." <laughs> yeah, it was pretty exciting when they did that when they broke them up. I can't believe the hometown crowd turned on them the way they did. Usually, you won't see that nowadays. Wow, they're um, different breed of fans. But now we, we mentioned Michaels and the the gentleman that broke him in, Jose Lothario. Um, of course. Jesse, I know yeah. you, you've worked Southern California um, right. and all over. Have you had any run-ins with Mr. Lothario? With Lothario? As a matter of fact, the first time that I ever talked to him, or actually he called me, this is when I probably I was maybe a year or a year and a half into the business, and, and Goliath, um, uh, the, the guy that trained me, you know, he he was so used to promoters moving them, moving the wrestlers around that you know he wasn't used to the idea of exchanging his number, you know, and getting work on his own. You know, he was he was old school. You know, the the promoters they kept you in in a, in an area for a year, two years, or whatever, six months, and they they would okay now you go to Texas or now you go to wherever Tennessee. They moved you around, so he wasn't used to you know doing things for himself. So nobody hardly ever had his number. And believe it or not, uh, Black Gorman was in Texas, and he came, and they wanted to get go, uh, Goliath out there for a couple of weeks. So he had the uh, well, he the promoter, which was Jose Lotario. He called me at my house and uh, and uh, spoke to me about he like you know get Goliath to go to Texas for, uh, with him for a couple of weeks and stuff. That was the first time that I've ever talked to him, and it was around the time that El Santo had died. That same week, as a matter of fact, he had died. We discussed that and everything. And then, of course, uh, later on, uh, uh, when uh, when they started using him at WWF uh, events, you know, I, I got to talk to him, you know, in person. But I knew his brother, Salvador Lothario, uh, which was a, a local uh, wrestler and promoter out here in uh, Southern California. I worked for him a, a few times, and you know, and I used to run into him quite often and stuff. And uh, really good guy, really, really good guy. Um. <clears throat> I'm I'm a huge mark for tag team wrestling, and mm -hmm. um, it's been you know tossed around who are the top ten tag teams ever. And um, on Dave Meltzer and Brian Alvarez's show a couple weeks ago, they were discussing uh, Goliath and Gordman, and right. I I feel that they should be ranked in that at least top ten because I, I agree. they they were completely different. Than anything other than you know the Guerreros, yeah. Other than the yeah. Guerreros, and yeah. whether they were heel baby, it didn't matter. They were solid, and they, they were they solid. Just, oh, and, amazing! And you know, and they knew what each other was thinking, man. You know, they were working. Mm -hmm. they, they, they were like clockwork. I mean, you know, it's like you know, this guy could read the other guy's mind. You know, and they they fall in position. You know, uh, I mean, they they just they were awesome. They were amazing to watch. Ed, do you ever get a chance to see uh, the Great Goliath and um, Black Gordman? I've, I've, Did they I've ever? seen 
I've seen a little bit of of the tag team on 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 video, but I I do I've seen a lot of Black Wardman. He would always come into Texas. I've seen I've watched him for fifteen years maybe, uh, but as a tag team I've seen very little. But I mean they were pretty good. I mean they were they were they they had a what do you call it? They had some good chemistry going. Mm-hmm. Well, they, and they drew money. They, they drew money wherever they went. Yeah. You know. They were amazing. Yeah, yeah. And they yeah. they they don't get the the respect that they deserve, and you know it's it's a shame, um, because uh, when when some people hear, you know they're they're from Mexico, then they're just those flippy floppy guys. There yeah, are other you know, guys out there. Right. You know. You know, I, I have to agree with you, man. Like uh, Blue Panther, Blue Panther. Right. Oh, yeah. you know, um, uh, no offense to to either of you gentlemen, but he's called, at least in my circle of friends, the Mexican Dean Malenko. He's that yeah. type of a a technical type of uh-huh. type type of worker, and and he is just, you know, Panther is just amazing. Um, have you ever been in the ring with Panther? No, but I have. Um, I, I, no, I no, I can't recall that I have. Uh, I've been around him many times uh, when they used to come out into a when Triple A was coming out to LA quite often, mm-hmm. and I will rent my ring out to them. And of course, I you know I used to talk to him a lot back then, but it's it's been a few years since I've seen him. Mm. He's still going strong. Yeah, you know he's yeah. still going strong, and and you know that guy's gonna he's gonna be like Mascaris. He's gonna you know work till he's ninety. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for know? sure. Yeah. Um. Ed, did did you ever get a chance to see any Blue Panther? Um, I saw pretty much his whole program with Mark Barr, and uh, oh, jeez, a little bit uh before before uh the CMLL went off of uh, Galavision. Um, I used mm-hmm. to watch it all the time, but I haven't seen too much of him lately. I did want to say something. You were talking about tag teams a second ago. Sure. What's really unfortunate about tag teams is a lot of people. For some reason, it seems like tag team wrestling started around the era of the Rock and Roll Express, Midnight Express, and the people forget about teams like uh, Gordman and Goliath and Steamboat and Youngblood and, and Anderson and Koloff. And, uh, you know, there's all these giant, great, great tag teams that, because they didn't have a fancy name, you know, people didn't, don't, you know, don't bring them up when they talk about the great tag teams. And I think that's kind of a shame. Yes. And, well, and there's, there's um, so many great tag teams over the years, man. And you're right; they they just don't give them enough credit. Now, I, I'm going to put you on the spot, boss. Um, out of all the all the guys that you've been, you know, have had in your corner as far as as working in a tag team, who was your favorite partner, and what was your favorite match together? Oh, brother, um, I have to say, I don't know if you ever heard of the name of Herodes. Herodes was a he worked for CMLL years ago, back in the early '80s, and uh, he was one of my most. I I love watching this guy. When I when I used to see him on on Galavision, uh, man, I used to love you know I loved his character. I you know he he was such a great great wrestler, and uh, and it was quite an honor one day that uh, uh, I wound up wrestling uh, twice that same Sunday, uh, once in Mexicali early in the morning, like 11 o'clock uh, event at the Bullfight Arena, and that was Bill, uh, Bill Anderson, I believe, worked as a star man or something like that, and myself, and had all this as tag team partners, man, and we went against uh, a couple of young guys, uh, actually two guys, 
Well, three. It was three guys, but one of them was a real stiff individual. Uh, I'm trying to think of his name. Uh, you know, he, he was real stiff. Uh, I can't think of him. But he he was actually out of Anaheim, the Anaheim area. Remington. Remington was his name. This guy was so damn stiff throughout the whole match. You know, just made that match very, very. It was awful. It was awful. And I was I was happy to be there because it always was my partner, but just not very happy because of the the match. You know. And so then that night in Tijuana, that same night, we had the same match again, but they took him out. They pulled him out of that match, and they put Salvador Lothario on, man. Brother, what a match that was, man. You know, and then Sal was older at the time, you know, so, I mean, you know, he didn't have the energy of uh, some of us younger younger guys then, you know. But still, the match turned out to be very, very good, man. And uh, And I remember telling Lothario in front of Remington, I said, brother, it is a pleasure to work with professionals such as you, you know. And we just embarrassed the hell out of that other kid, you know. But oh, that was that was that was one of my favorite matches ever. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, it was just amazing. Now, now, when you were working um, <clears throat> in Southern California, um, you were you were mainly a babyface, correct? Well, no, I I, I wrestled at the prior as a heel. Right. And uh, Jesse Hernandez, of course, by Russell Hernandez, it was a baby face. And then, of course, I, you know, then start getting other gimmicks, you know. In uh, in WWF at the time, I couldn't use the name. Well, I used Hernandez as a referee, but I couldn't use it as a as a, as a wrestler because of Hercules Hernandez, right. you know. So then, what they did, they they just well, just put on a mask and we'll call you something else. So then they called me the Intruder or whatever, you know. And then if I wrestled without the mask, then it was Cortez. <laughs> Because <laughs> they, they didn't want me to, as a wrestler, I couldn't use her name. Wow. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> now, you know, being being in the the L.A. area for um, for LaBelle, um, mm-hmm. did you did you ever were you ever in the ring with any of the Guerreros? Oh, many many times, of course. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm trying to think if it was with LaBelle. No, it was a maybe. I'm trying to think. I think for. Gosh, working for Mike LaBelle, I might have, but I might, I don't, I can't remember. But I know that we went out for a show up in Bakersfield for a different promoter around the same time. And uh, I I got to wrestle, uh, it was myself and, and Jay York, as a matter of fact, against oh, Hetter, boy. against Hetter and, and uh, Mondo, I, I think it was, brother. And let me tell you, you know, so I, I was a, I was a new guy there, you know, so, so, Jay York was the laziest tag team partner I ever had, brother. <laughs> Didn't he? You know, he kept he kept me inside that ring, man. You know, and every time I went to tag tag him in, he would go in for thirty seconds and tag me back in again. <laughs> talk about talk about living the gimmick. Didn't he look like an Alaskan with that? Beard oh, absolutely, and, absolutely, oh, man. Absolutely, that's what's missing now, brother. You know, yeah. our real characters. Yeah, you and know, you know, right. Yeah, and let me tell you, right before Gordy died, just shortly after he died, or before he died, I should say, um, I got it, 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 the the promotion win, I believe. Uh, I don't know if you remember mm-hmm. that promotion. Oh yes, just you know. Anyway, I got to wrestle all the Guerreros, all the Guerreros except the, the father, of course. But it was Eddie, uh, Mando, Chavo, Hester, everybody, man. And I remember they, uh, I wrestled as a uh, Bantai, I believe, on that one. I, I had this Japanese uh, gimmick. 
And these guys, they did a pyramid on top of him in the corner. They had me at the bottom. And I, and each, I had all Guerreros over on top of me, man. It was crazy. <laughs> but, yeah, I did have the pleasure of wrestling all of them. Now, honestly, which of the four do you feel had the most talent in the ring as far as a well, uh, uh, Well, uh, uh, for a long time, Chavo was the one that, you know, Chavo yeah. Sr. had the talent. Of, and, of course, Eddie, man. Eddie just took off, brother. You know, Eddie Amazing. took off. And he, he became, I mean, I mean, he was it, man. He was it. I mean, I'm... Hey, brother, I mean, I, as far as Eddie's concerned, I'm talking about before WCW, before WWF, WWE. I mean, yeah, his, before his, before his, any of that, his, it's a trouble. His run trouble. with Art Bar, his yeah. run with Art Bar was just just amazing. Um, uh, cheap plug for for my friend, uh, BobBarnett.com. He has a yeah. three disc um, Los Gringos Locos DVD set oh, wow. that is the the crown jewel in my collection. It's just wow. amazing stuff. Um, wow. They were so so good, and, you know. And wow. it's it's a shame that 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 Art left when he did, and and yes. uh, Eddie, you know, at least at least Eddie got to wear that strap. Right, right, you know, right, right. That wasn't that wasn't a storyline. You know, we're doing this because of the story. That was a lifetime achievement award for Eddie. Yeah. I feel. Um, yeah. Eddie, do you have any? Uh, any questions for uh, Mr. Hernandez? Yeah, I got regarding your time in, in L.A. I want to know if you worked with a couple of different people here. Did you ever get to work with Chris Adams when he first came into the country? Yes, I did. I sure did, man. Uh, at least once or twice that I remember, for sure. And um, he was, how was he, he was very how was he in the ring back then? Because I know I think I think L.A. was his first territory in the U.S. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, because he had just come in from England at the time. This before from here he went to Texas, and uh, I, I remember one match that I had. He got pissed off at me because I uh, <laughs> I didn't sell his super kick. You know, it was a simple thing that he didn't sell for me. You know, I, I went for a leg takedown, and this guy would not go down, man. He just would not go down. I said, "Oh, why you son of a bitch?" You know. <laughs> and so, and so, and so. Anyway, so, uh, so I let I let it slide. He didn't sell for me. So when he went to do that super kick on me, I caught one leg. You know, before he had a chance to uh, shoot the other one, I kicked him right where in the middle, <laughs> right in the. You know what I'm talking about? I sure did, man. I'm very proud of it because you know what? He asked, oh, "How come you didn't sell my my super kick?" Brother, how come you need to sell my leg takedown, man? You know, so simple. <laughs> you sell for me, I sell for you. That's the way I was taught. <laughs> and, so, uh, I mean, you, other than that, he was a great guy, though. Great guy. Uh, did you ever get to, um, I hope I get the name right, but did you ever get to wrestle the monster? Yes. Yes. I, I got a highlight story on that one, brother. You know, the, his name was Rodriguez. What the hell? Uh, Luis Hernandez. He had a couple of different names. Uh, Luis Rodriguez, he was one of them, and then there's something, uh, Hernandez, I, I guess, something like that. But anyway, um, this guy, when I got to wrestle him as a friar now, the friar, you know, usually, you know, especially for Mike LaBelle, you know, I, I was, you know, used to put guys over and stuff. Well, anyway, so nobody really, you know, no, nobody will uh, will believe this, man, because I, this one time that I wrestled the monster in, in L.A., I went to give him a hip toss, you know, and of course I knew I wasn't going to give him a hip toss, right? But I went through the motion of giving this guy a hip toss. 
And then he told, he tells me as I'm doing this, he says, pull a little harder. So I pull a little bit harder, a little bit harder yet. So I pulled a little bit harder, and that son of a gun took off, man, and landed on his back. He took my hips out, and, and I mean, you, you could hear the people. That, I mean, it was like everybody stopped breathing for a second, man. <laughs> nobody could believe that, that the fire had actually given this guy a hip toss. I mean, this guy didn't sell for nobody, man. I mean, he lived that All gimmick. Right. I mean, you know, he lived that gimmick to, I mean, he, he, he believed it, you know, and uh, he even had problems with Andre because Andre didn't want to sell for him, you know. So I can tell you a story where he pulled a gun on him one time. Please yeah. share. No, I think it happened in, uh, if I remember correctly, I think in Fresno, you know. He was so pissed off because Andre wasn't selling for him that he pulled the gun out, you know. It's incredible. Insane. That's yeah. insane. Um, one more question, Ed. Go for it. Yeah. Eddie, are you there, brother? Yeah, yeah. Okay, one more, bro. Uh-huh. Okay, and... and um, <clears throat> Back in the day of kayfabe and you know having to be in separate dressing rooms, what was your opinion of the Wrestling Observer and other dirt sheets? And uh, did the wrestlers resent them, or did they actually read them? I think uh, most of the wrestlers read them. No, I don't, I don't think anybody really, you know, uh, resented. I mean, I remember I used to read it. You know, of course. You know, we didn't. Uh, I, I don't. I don't remember. Every, and at least the people that were around me. I, they, they didn't really care too much about, you know, uh, if they had any bad thoughts about it or anything like that. I think some of the guys were reading it back then. I remember I, I used to read it. So, so you, 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 since you read The Observer, mm-hmm. and I, I know you know Dave, and you've spoken yes. with Dave before, um, mm-hmm. do, you, do you still feel that he has credibility? I think he knows enough about the business that he does have credibility. He's been around it and written about it so so long that, yeah, he, you know, I, I feel that he does have a lot of credibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. All right. Well, boss, it mm-hmm. was my pleasure having you on again, once again, letting me sit under the learning tree. Uh, it would be uh, com based out of San Bernardino, Southern California. Um, if you're anywhere, hell, anywhere in the world, and, and, and you'd like to be trained properly, hit Jesse up, and uh, he will help you out. Thank you, brother. Thank it's you. It's all good. Thank you. It was my pleasure again, Jess. Thanks for thank, coming thanks on. Thanks again, guys. You, very you all have a good day, lately. man. Take care. Bye-bye. Take care, brother. Okay, that was Jesse Hernandez. How was that for a short little interview? Ed? Yeah, well, that was actually pretty cool, man. That was pretty cool. But uh, what was that noise? Was that like a train or something going by? Yeah, he was probably outside. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was a, that wasn't me, dude. That was a that was a train somewhere else. I didn't know if you had like uh, like showing any music coming on or like it was nothing that's ever live and we're going to commercial. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I miss the old uh, the old. Um, E-Auto yeah. commercials. Wheat, oh, commercial. soybeans, and corn. You know, yeah. all the old wacky shit. Or, uh, yeah, dude, this is they... my anti-drug. <laughs> anti-drug, <clears throat> and there's, uh, yeah, the anti-drug ones were the funniest ones. Man, those were great. <laughs> those were great. There was always one for some kind of warning, and I never knew what the fuck they were talking about, dude. Mm. 
trippy. All right, well, we're going to take a Skype caller. Skype caller, welcome to Rubber Guard Radio. Whom am I speaking with? Hello? Yes, welcome to Rubber Guard. Uh, what's up? Whom am I speaking with? David. What's going on, brother? What can I do for you? Um, I want to pay my respects to Gilchrist, Texas. Okay, thank you. Um, they got de- destroyed by Hurricane Ike. Okay. And... That was kind of weird. Okay, I'm not taking this Skype caller again. So, <laughs> any anybody calling in from Skype, you need to uh, change to a cell phone. So, I'm not going to answer any more uh, Skype calls. Yeah, I had a problem <clears throat> with Skype calls on one show one time. <laughs> I actually would have gone along with the joke, but I couldn't even hear what the, like this one, like you can't really understand what they're saying, you know. Mm. So, fuck it. Uh, Usually the only real Skype caller that I have now is DC Sniper. There you go. Well, we're waiting for our next guest to call in. Um, Well, let's uh, open up the phone lines, 347-215-7946. If you are a Skype caller, hey. Uh, try to call in with a cell because I'm not going to uh, be taking any Skype uh, calls. So let's see. So I have a line here. I don't want okay, call up in the 718. What's up? Hello? Yes. Welcome to Rubber Garden. Hey, what's up? Hey, what's up? Who am I speaking with? Hello? Yes, I'm here. It's David. And you're gone, David. Okay. What? I would like to, uh... Welcome to the show, Mr. Vinny V. That's me, yes. Okay, good. Hey, what's up, brother? Uh, I'm fine. How many people are on the show right now? It's you, Mr. Ed in San Antonio, and myself. Say hi, Ed. Hey, what's going on? Ed! What's up, guys? Uh, just hanging out, brother. A little, uh, little afternoon show today due to uh, UFC on tonight. So, you know, oh, yeah, it's on tonight, isn't it? Yeah, my sponsors say I have to get in a show every <laughs> week, so. Oh, your sponsors, look at you. Yeah. I don't make much, but, you know, it you know it pays the phone bill, you know, it pays for my internet, so. That, that's cool. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. There you so go. I I, I called in about uh, five minutes ago, and it sounded like you were talking to somebody, so I just hung up. But who was that dude? Okay, that was Jesse Hernandez. From, I just uh, know that name, shouldn't I? The L.A. area. Um, he's done jobs for WWF, uh, AWA okay. TV. He um, he runs a school down there. Okay, in, uh, cool. L.A. Yeah, he's a good old school promoter. I see. Uh, I, I, I just heard. I heard him tell the stories, and, and it sounded like, you know what, this guy sounds way more entertaining than me. I will just hang up. <laughs> Tremendous. Hey, how's, Tremendous. The, how's the job search going? Um, I'm starting to get uh, uh, contacts with people saying, hey, we got your resume. We, maybe we should schedule an interview, and that's depressing. So I may, I may be employed again soon, damn it. <laughs> well, you know, if worse comes to worse, you can always go back on the road and start wrestling again. No, I can't. Because I, 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 well, I, no. I, 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 there's no upside to that. 
So, how bad was this bump that Chico took? Which one? The one, the one that, that hurt, hurt his back? back? Yeah. Dude, he, he wasn't taking a bump. He was giving a backdrop. Oh, shit. He was giving it? Yeah. Oh, fuck. Which should tell you about something about how Ken Riley goes up for these things, but... <laughs> Who trained him? I have no idea. <laughs> Maybe. I don't think... I don't think he knows either. Yeah, uh, he, he was he, he was in Tim Flowers' true, uh, you know that, that that company one time, but I have no idea if anyone ever showed him how to wrestle. If he just started doing it, uh, he was hanging out with Chris Del Sol for a while. Who was Ugh. most of you're probably saying who? There's a reason for that. Well, um, I know I know Chris, but he's yeah. the uh, bad half of the Suicide Kings. Well, I, I mentioned Suicide well, Kings. That's true. <laughs> Um, well, hey, that's a shoe, brother. Have you ever been in the ring with Matt Farmer? Surprisingly, no. Really? Um, yeah. Um, when I started, he was doing a lot of shows for Tim Flowers, and uh, um, then by the time um, you know, I, Tim started me with basically all the other first-year guys, and then by the time I was a third- or fourth-year guy, uh, Matt was gone. Uh, like most guys, he had a falling out with him and moved on to whatever else he was doing at the time. Um, you know, it's been a few years, I don't remember, but probably working for Michelle Starr in Canada or any of the dozen or so guys running shows in Oregon. But, no, I never I never wrestled him. Although he, he actually, um, he wrestled the first match I ever saw Brian wrestle. He was it was a three-way with Brian, Matt Farmer, and Craig. And I, I just talked about this on the uh, Brian and Vinny show, but you, have, you had a... Craig Corrosion, who was basically Raven if he was 100 pounds fatter. Uh, you had Matt Farmer, who's a good-sized guy and a, a very old-school heel mask. And then here's Brian Alvarez, at the time probably weighed 140, and he has, like, sort of page boy haircut tied back in a ponytail, and he is wearing tights and black wrestling shoes. Just the, the smallest, puniest-looking wrestler you ever saw. And the intros are done, and the match is about to begin, and the ref is checking them. It's about to ring the bell, and I hear a fan from way back in the cheap seat shout out, "Get the little guy!" <laughs> you know, I've seen quite a few Matt Farmer matches, and you know he's a solid worker. He's got a really good look, you know, and he he knows how to you know do the heel shtick. I'm I'm really surprised that you know he really hasn't branched out too much. Uh, well, you have to ask him. Um, I know. Uh, he loves wrestling like few people I've ever met in my life. Um, you know, he's, he's he's either my age or I think maybe a little bit older. And uh, he's a guy who will, you know, sit down with a box of stuff from the 70s and just pour into it. There which, it is. Which I, yeah, which, which I, I, I can't do anymore. Uh, there's a time maybe I could have. But, but no, he, his, and, and he, for as long as he's been in the business and, and anyone who's been in the business any length of time has had to put up with a ton of bullshit. Um, and the fact that he's still around in the case, like, like I say, he's, he's very passionate about it. Hey, Vinny, I want to ask you a question about Craig. Um, how, how, actually, how good of a worker was Craig? You know, I didn't see Craig very much uh, before his accident. Um, he, he was, I don't know, that, that his look was exactly like I described it. He was raving from the ECW days, except really big and fat. Uh, also just big. He, he's taller than me. He's 6'3", maybe, and... Uh, and he's got that uh, that Vader body where if he lost all his fat, he would still be big. Mm. But uh, I just remember the best match I ever saw him wrestle was against a guy named Fender Gibson, who was doing sort of a honky-tonk knockoff gimmick. And uh, 
it was a, a squash that went about 10 minutes, and it was the best squash I ever saw simply because Fender was constantly either, and I mean constantly, either pointing at the crowd and screaming, shut up, or just screaming out in pain when Craig hit him. <laughs> and, 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 and all Craig had to do was stand there and look big and scary and occasionally uh, punch him. So I, I do know that uh, he every time Brian goes over to Craig's house, Craig will start throwing work punches at him, and Brian will complain, but Brian never bleeds, so he can punch at least. <laughs> well, Vinny, you... You've you've said it yourself. You are your 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 own worst critic. Okay. Now, honestly, what match do you feel was your best? I had uh, I don't know if I had one best match. Um, I had a I had a couple of good ones. Um, there were a couple of smaller guys up here. Guys, one guy just called himself Rad, um, and and he 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 was. Not terribly short. He was probably five ten or so, but he was very very skinny, and um, he could he could fly around and do shit and and let me be the big scary guy and him be the tiny flying guy. And I remember just one show we did at a, at a fair, and because it was a fair and, and uh, the the ring was out on the grass, which was much softer to land on than the usual uh, you know basketball floor or whatever we would be on. And so he was okay with knowing he'd be landing on this. He was okay with doing dives over the ropes, and so. Uh, during his comeback, a roll outside, and he comes with a big flip dive over the ropes, the kind where you know he he just la- he lands, uh, does a somersault, his back lands on me, and I push him over, and he lands on his feet on the grass. So it's a pretty easy thing to do if you can if you can for the guy doing the flip, if he can pull that off, it's easier for both guys. But I put up both hands to uh, like catch him and break his fall, and he was so light, I didn't my arms didn't even bend, <laughs> just like put passed him right on over me, and over to the floor, and he landed safe and everything was fine. But God, he was tiny. But uh, I had a couple of good matches with him. I had a couple of good matches with a guy named Teenage Dirtbag. Um, just, 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 you know, and, and good matches just means that, you know, for eight minutes, the crowd at the fair or the B&I, marking, uh, park, the B&I Market parking lot in Tacoma, Washington, or any of these other places, they, they had a good time, and that's all I really cared about. Cool. Okay, guys, um, hold on just a second, Ed. Um, those that are listening, we're going to play a, a trivia game. I am going to give away, courtesy of WrestleWarehouse.com, I have uh, documentary and matches of Blue Demon, documentary and matches of El Io Del Santo, and I have the best of Eddie Guerrero in New Japan, Volume 1, uh, which was, I think, his tour in 2002, if I remember right. Uh, there's some good stuff on this disc. Uh, the call-in number is area code 347 Two one five seven nine four six, and here is your trivia question: What gimmick did JBL use when he worked in Mexico? Once again, what gimmick did JBL use when he worked in Mexico? And that's John Bradshaw Layfield for those people that don't pay attention. Three four seven two one five seven nine four six. I'd love to give away these three DVDs from my sponsor, WrestleWarehouse.com. Okay. So, I have no idea what the answer to that question is. Okay, I don't think you would. I don't win a disc. <laughs> I, I didn't even know he worked in Mexico, to be honest with you. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. He, uh, I, I, do, I do vividly remember the anti-Mexico promos he got when he was feeding with Eddie. Those were awesome. Yes. When he was doing the Border Patrol, he spotted the whole herd of Mexicans. 
He, he threw Rudy Boy Gonzalez into the river. I remember that. <laughs> there you go. Now, do, am I the only one that thinks that he's physically done, that Bradshaw should just hang it up and go back to commentating? No. No? I, I think that's a consensus. He's, he's, his, his back is still screwed up. Uh, he's a guy who, who's never going to win Mr. Olympia, but um, he, he's fatter than he used to be, and he can't do much about it because his back is screwed up, and he's doing some crazy things. I mean, during the, the, the street fight he had with Cena, he was taking bumps on the ramp and stuff. And, and No, um, you know, I, I think he's for sure going to main eventer. Yeah, I think he's he's pretty much done. I mean, why, you know, he should not have came back. I, I think he's a really fun commentator. And, you know, it, it kind of bothered me that he came back and, you know, it just uh, really shouldn't have been, shouldn't have been done. But um, spoiler alert, guys, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. Um, last night TNA was taping and, uh, Foley, uh, uh, he didn't show up, but they showed him up on the big screen, so he's going to uh, be working with Angle. So that's going to be kind of interesting. Uh, what, what do you think about uh, Foley going to uh, TNA there, Vince? Well, hopefully they'll let him cut some good promos, but that's the extent of it. And, 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 who cares who's in TNA? It doesn't matter. Yeah, you know? I agree. It, it, they're still going to produce shitty television. Um, they're still going to produce feuds that don't make sense and, and pay-per-views where the lead attraction is going to be who's going to interfere. And that, it, it's, it's that way more often than not, and, and it's not going to change anything. Mm-hmm. Well, for, for me, it's, it's to the point where you know, I, I DVR it, and I watch certain workers. You know what I mean? It's, it's not like I follow any specific company. I will... Like um, to see Evan Bourne on ECW or the Machine Guns, uh, they have Christian and AJ, so that's going to be fun. But well, you know, well, but you match, know, you know, the match will go six minutes and three minutes will be a commercial, so who cares? Yeah, true, true. <clears throat> now, um, Vince, what what did you think of the uh, the X Cup this year? Did did you enjoy it? Oh yes, uh, I forgot they did one at first, but because they've of course done zero follow up on it. But um, no, it was a lot of fun. Um, I, I, I I do remember they actually did give guys some time, not as much as I would like. But uh, I, I remember reading Ultimo Guerrero and he was like, "Man, these matches are short." <laughs> um, no, it was a lot of fun. Um, I, I you know Ultimo Guerrero is one of my favorite guys on the planet Earth, and he uh, he is every company has my permission to book him on every show, um, and his team with Ray, Ray Bucanero uh, is awesome. Uh, Bucanero on his own, from what I've seen, is not nearly as fun as he is when he's teaming with Ultimo. Um, I don't know if that's because he's better as a heel or if they just have such great chemistry together or what. But uh, like I say, Ultimo Guerrero is one of my favorite workers on the planet. Uh, Ray Bucanero is awesome with him. Um, I don't remember. Oh, uh, Alex Kozlov, also very fun. But, yeah, that was a very fun deal. And, and, and the X-Division guys who they have, like the machine guns, and don't usually get to do much, did. So, yeah, that was, that was a major thumbs up. He, he, you said as far as follow-up, there actually has been follow-up. Unfortunately, it's all been on the CMLL side and not on the TNA side. Did you, well, yeah. Vince, and, and, did you get a uh, chance to see the, the Cybernetico from uh, Arena Mexico with the TNA guys? No. 
Okay, that was fun stuff. Ed, Ed, you saw that one. I sent you the disc. Yeah, that, that, that was, was fun, man. That was fantastic. That was absolutely fantastic. And was that uh, one of those deals where it starts off with like 20 guys and then it gets pared down to two? Yes. Yeah, those yeah. are awesome. And they had, and they had a they had Kosloff and a Marco Corleone on with the TNA guys, and I hadn't seen uh, Jindrak since he left the WWE, where he was just you know basically an average wrestler of size and appearance. And see, seeing him in this match, he looked like freaking Andre the Giant. Yeah. And, uh, he had to put on his show. <laughs> he is like six seven or whatever he is, and he's working with a, a bunch of guys who are significantly under six feet. So yeah, he, and as, as I understand, still hitting that giant dive off the ramp. So. Um, yeah, I, mean, I, I remember about, well, it must have been like a decade ago now, but there was a rumor going around that Scott Hall was going to show up at an ECW show. And he never did. But I remember thinking, like, God, he's going to look like a fucking ogre on that show. <laughs> he has Scott Hall at 6'7", and, like, Tommy Dreamer and the Sandman right around six feet tall, and no one else even close. And sadly, he never did. Hmm. Okay, um, coming up on the 19th, uh, Arena Mexico, the 75th anniversary um, for CMLL. Um, I'm not going to run down all the matches, but the main event in a mask match, Blue Panther against Viano 5, which Blue Panther's money. Um, and in the semi for the CMLL trios title, we have Atlantis, Negro Casas, and Ultimo Guerrero, the champions, defending against Sanjay Dutt, Chris Sabin, and Alex Shelley. Money. The Sanjay, huh? Actually, that's not like probably be really good, but well, Sanjay, yeah. Sanjay kept up, you know, in the Cybernetico, he kept up, and you know, he's him and his back knee, but that's gross. Yeah, there's a, there's yeah, a, there's a lot of gross wrestlers these days between his back and JBL's fuzz, and mm-hmm. I don't know what else, but there's a looking good used to be important, you know. I think Sanjay Dutt actually has more back acne than Scorpio Jr., which is saying so. Man, that's just rank nasty. Um, Vinny, do you still do tape reviews for the newsletter? I do. I don't really know why. Okay. (laughs) Now, uh, I've been been watching old Memphis stuff lately. Oh, boy. (laughs) There you go. Now, what I'm going to do is uh, I am going to send you a two-disc set of... Ray Bucanero and Ultimo Guerrero. Okay. And I would love for you to do a very nice review. As opposed to a poor review? Well, <laughs> I'll tell you, um, there's not one match under three stars on the whole set. I, I mean, see. You know, there's a, there's a match with, uh, with uh, Kaz Hayashi and Ultimo Dragon, which is just Ooh. blow away, you know, just amazing. Um, Ed, did I send you the... The uh, the Guerrero set? No, but I just got. I think I just got the stuff that's like from Tijuana today. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah, I sent I, uh, Vinny. I just sent uh, Ed a three disc set of uh, Psychosis, which has got a bunch of different stuff. And then cool. um, a Mexico. Does it have any of the stuff he did with the uh, the Familia de Tijuana with Halloween and uh, uh, yeah. Damien? Yes, yes, that 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 troop ruled. I'm also I'm also a giant Halloween fan. So. Oh wow, really? I yes. um I also sent Ed a it's a single disc Mexico's Most Wanted set, which is uh it's you know Halloween and Damien and it's got a lot of lucha, 
There's, I think, one or two WCW matches. There's some XPW matches, and there's a match with them against the Aerial Express, uh, Quicksilver and Scorpio Sky, which is just off the charts. I'll have to send that to you, too. i got to get you a package, Vinny. <clears throat> since, since you have time, you can, you, know, you can catch up on some really good lucha. It was astounding, uh, astounding how I've been unemployed for five weeks now, maybe six, and it, it, it's amazing how often I find myself too busy to do shit. <laughs> I, I, I've decided that work is a waste of time. I have better things to do with my life. I, I, I have not been able to find time to do all the fun things I want to do, let alone you know have an actual job. There you go. <laughs> There you go. Okay, once again, guys, um, I'd love to give away these three DVDs courtesy of WrestleWarehouse.com. Uh, the call-in number is 347-215-7946. And the question is, what gimmick did JBL use when he toured and worked in Mexico? But, uh, Rey Mysterio yeah, Sr. Uh, no. Actually, oh. you know what? You know, it, it's, it's funny that you mentioned Ray Sr. He is still going. Nice. He's strong. Strong. Well, Dude, Mill Maskers is still going. <laughs> but, you know, Mill, Mill just does, you know, spot here, spot here. But Ray Sr., you know, he's he's just pulling shit out. I mean, he's working, you know, at least once a month in San Diego. Um, he's teaming with his son, you know, Eo, who's right. like 19, and they're, they're exceptional. You know, and Ray's still doing it. Is Satanico still wrestling? Satanico? Yes, he is. Because yeah, I I have not watched Lucha regularly in a few years, but he was he was old then, but he was still awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's just growing his hair back again. So <laughs> after his, his I, annual buzz. Yeah, I, I think he leads the league in you know hair hair match losses or something. But <clears throat> now um, let's talk a little football. Uh, what happened to uh, your Seagulls on Sunday? Uh, the wide receiver. Core all died. Um, if, if you want a job as a NFL player, I think they're hiring right now. They're they're, they're signing uh, rejects and uh, guys who have. Um, well, they just signed Corn Robinson, who drank his way out of town four years ago, and played three uh, un- unremarkable years in Minnesota and Green Bay, uh, during which he was arrested for public, public drunkenness again. I believe it's public drunkenness. I know he was arrested. I may have been a DUI. Um, but regardless, this is a guy who's passed to call, to call it checker to be very, very, very charitable, and they have no choice but to bring in guys like this now and hitch the wagon to him and pray. Mm-hmm. They, they, they're, they're top, they're top six, six wide receivers are all injured, many of them out for the year. It's bad. Now it's, it's I, want, I, I want an honest. Hold on, just a second, Ed. I want an honest answer. Okay. Because I am a diehard Niner fan, you know I'm from the Bay Area. Now, honestly, what did you think of J.T. O'Sullivan as a quarterback this past Sunday? How did he? Yeah, I watched him last week. I, wa- I watched him the uh, the other the prior week against Arizona. He's, he's okay. He's not. He's he's better than anyone Chicago has, I think. Uh, maybe better than anyone in Minnesota. So he, I don't think he's the problem in San Francisco. I don't, well, right now they're one and one. Um, I don't know how big the problem, is, problem necessarily have, um, but I guess we'll see how that turns out by the end of the year. But um, I, 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 he seems to, he seems to be okay. And I kind of joked about it at first that Mike Martz called him the best quarterback he's ever had. 
I'm sure that's in, the, in his heart of hearts that's bullshit. Um, but Mike Martz, Mike Martz knows quarterbacks, and he knows how to make them play better. And, uh, you know, Kurt Warner was a, the Arena League guy who bagged groceries before Mike Martz got a hold of him. And, of course, Kurt Warner also played with Marshall Falk and Torrey Holt and, and uh, Orlando Pace and Isaac Bruce. So that had a lot to do with it as well. Uh, last I checked, the Niners don't have any of those. Wait, actually, the Niners do have Isaac Bruce. Isaac Bruce. It's the 2008 Isaac Bruce, which is not quite the yeah. same. Now, do you th- now? I think that next year they're going to have an overpriced backup in Alex Smith. I, I think he's completely overrated, and I think uh, this is O'Sullivan's job. Um, it's his job to lose. I and think. Know that, I think well, they're fine. They'll, they'll find a way to get rid of Smith. I don't, I don't, I don't think he'll be sitting around making ten million here. Talk about a waste of a fucking number one pick. Well, I mean, they're they're, they're not guaranteed. David Carr washed out. Tim Couch washed out. Um, I guess you have to see Michael Vick washed out now. Obviously, yeah, no shit. Um, to to, a, to a, a historical degree. Um, he's, I, I just read. I believe he's currently making twelve cents a day sweeping floors. So, <laughs> talk about being that's humble. Okay, he Ed, he you know, has been humbled. Vinny, Vinny, your your Super Bowl picks unfortunately are having injury problems. In regards to the Patriots. As soon as Brady went down, everyone said the Patriots are da- are done. Um, they are a very well-coached team, and I don't know a lot about their backup quarterback, but do you think they're done, or do you think there's still a chance that they can still make the playoffs and still be successful this year? I, don't, I think they're far from done. Um, I don't think they're the favorites anymore, obviously. Um, but, I, I, you know, kind of the whole point of this offseason with the, the Brett Favre fiasco and, oh, the Packers are doomed – all, all this stuff is kind of the point is the quarterback is one guy out of 53, and he's the most important guy, but, uh, you know, he's, he's still just one guy. And the Patriots still have Randy Moss. They still have Wes Welker. They still have Lawrence Maroney. They still have the, the offensive line, which is really good for 17 games last year. They still have Richard Seymour. They still have Ty Warren. Um, and they still have questionable linebackers and a questionable secondary. But it's not like they went from – 16-0 to, you know, the Cardinals. <laughs> so uh, it, it, the deal with Matt Castle is pretty much the same as, as it is with Aaron Rodgers. As long as he is okay, the team is going to win 11, 11 or more games and make the playoffs. Plus, their schedule is so easy. <laughs> it's amazing how it worked out. But uh, they, they, they have their own division, which includes the really, 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 really horrible Miami Dolphins. Uh, the improved Jets, but the Patriots just beat them. Uh, the Bills have actually looked. I didn't see much. In fact, I didn't see any of the Jacksonville game. But I've been. I watched the Seattle game, and the the, the Bills look way better than they used to be. They're a very young team, and young teams tend to improve quickly. Um, I don't have any study or, or or facts to back that up, but it seems logical. Um, the uh, uh, and then they they get to play the NFC West, which includes the horrible Niners, the horrible Seahawks, the god-awful St. Louis Rams, and the Cardinals, who look at best mediocre. So, you know, that's ten games, and they should at worst win eight of them. <laughs> so if they go eight and two in, in that spread, if they, split the, if they split the other six games, that's 11 wins, and, and, and you know, who knows. Now, and, you, me- you mentioned the Cardinals, okay? Now, they have all the talent in the world. Do you think it's bad coaching? Do you think they, they need a strong coach with a strong coordinator? Because they have all the talent in the world. No, they don't. Oh, in fact, I genuinely disagree with that statement. They they have okay. two outstanding receivers. They have a rookie running back, Tim Hightower, who's looked good so far. 
then they have a, a quarterback who's, well, you know, their, their, their current quarterback is the guy who got cut by the Rams and the Giants four years ago. They gave up on this guy. And uh, their, their backup quarterback is a guy who couldn't beat that guy out for a job. So I don't think, you know, I don't think Matt Liner's that good, apparently. He's had three years now to get something done, and he has failed. Um, I, I, and, and Warner, is, he's an accurate passer. He's, uh, he's not a horrible quarterback by any means, but he's a, he's a guy who still holds the ball too long, takes way too many sacks, and uh, when he does get sacked a lot, he sometimes will fall apart. So uh, their, their offensive line is okay. Uh, they have some defensive playmakers. Adrian Wilson is just a complete stud. That guy's awesome. Uh, but uh, they're, they're, they're uh, talent-wise, they're they're no better than at least half the teams in the NFL. But most of the AFC, <laughs> they are forcing they play in the NFC, so they could uh, by, by the, be the uh, what do you call it, the the big fish in the small pond. They may get into the playoffs that way, but they're 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 not that good. Yep. Uh, okay. One more, one more football question, Ed, and then we're going to switch it up. Okay. After, after two games, um, where, where do you see the Cowboys? What's your opinion of the Cowboys right now? Well, they're real good. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't have any great secrets there. Um, they're, they're, you know, Philadelphia and Dallas are probably, probably right now the two best teams in the NFC. Uh, the, the Giants, the way they've played so far, um, they, they, they play the horrible Rams and the Redskins who – I'm not sure how good they're going to be when all is said and done. But uh, the Giants have looked really good. So, yeah, the, the, the top three teams in the conference may well all be in the NFC East. Um, but, yeah, uh, Cowboys, uh, they, they were, were probably going to be my second. I, I picked the to make the Super Bowl. That looks like a no-go. <laughs> so, uh, right now, I probably have to say Dallas is the favorite. Do you think the defense is good enough? Yes. Um, good. Good enough for what? To win a Super Bowl? Uh, we saw the Colts win the Super Bowl two years ago with the worst run defense in football. So, you know, weird, weird things happen. Uh, we saw the, the, the Giants win last year with a defense that was uh, okay throughout the year. They were the top sacking team, but their their defense as a whole was not dominant. And, and, their, and their offense during the, during the regular season was bad. So <laughs> it's to the point now where nothing is certain – um, until the the games are played, until all all the final whistles are done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Um, we're gonna we're gonna switch it up to MMA. Um, okay, I got about five more minutes. Then I got to split. Okay, cool. Tonight is the fight night, Vinny, and the main event: Josh Neer against uh, Big Head uh, uh, Diaz, and then the semi is uh, Max Danzig against my boy Clay Guida. Which fight do you think is gonna steal the show? Well, Clay Guida never has boring fights, so there you go. Amen. Now, um, we were running down the card earlier, and I mentioned that I think that the winner of the semifinal tonight and the main event should fight on the next fight night uh, to move up to the upper echelon and lightweights. Um, what, what do you think about that idea? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> this is not my area of expertise. Um who is it again? Danzig and Guida? Yes. And, and and then Nate Diaz and some guy, Josh somebody or other. Josh Neer, yeah. I don't know who that is. Um, but uh, are, are they all in what weight division are these guys in? 55. So they're champ. Oh, well, 
Yeah, me as well. Uh, <laughs> I don't think it matters enough for beating GSP. So, I, and it, I, I UFC, there, there's only like eight fighters in that company I really care about, and it's the champions and like the other guys, and everyone else. It. Th- this is why I've complained that, you know, I'm, I'm used to sports like the NFL or, or baseball or basketball. When I can look at the standings, I can see okay. This team is ranked here. That team is ranked here. I know who has to beat who to get stuff. Who, 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 you know, who has to beat who to advance in the standings and where each guy is relative to each other. And you see, it's all nebulous, and it largely doesn't even matter. It's whoever's hot, whoever's won like two fights in a row, and, and is exciting, and that's the guy who's going to get the title shot. So, you know, um, I, I wish there was a more solid ranking system, so it, it wasn't so subjective. But there's nothing I can do about it. So it's just a bunch of fights. That's all fight nights ever are. Mm. Cool. All right. Well, Vince, thanks for calling in. It was it was a fun little afternoon chat. Um, if you want to uh, hear more from Vinny of uh, on the air or reading, that would be f4wonline.com. Uh, WrestlingObserver.com. WrestlingObserver.com. That, that also works. I, yeah, just now, go to all of them. Now, before you go, I have to ask your honest honest feelings on the merger: positive or negative? Gigantically positive. <laughs> Hugely positive. Um, I now, is that was, less work, or is that because you're actually making more money out of it? Uh, both. I'm not sure on the whole on doing less. I, well, I'm doing less work, but that's because the Ultimate Fighter wasn't on since like the merger started. Uh, it's coming back, so I'll be doing the same amount of work. Um, although I am watching way more TV at home now, uh, which is easier because for some reason I, have to drive, I don't have to drive over, over to Brian's. Uh, Friday nights, I can do whatever I want to, uh, and I am getting more money. So, yeah, it, it's better in every way. There it is. All right, once again, F4WOnline.com or WrestlingObserver.com or VinnyIsAGoober.com. Mr. Verhai, thank you for your time, brother. Whoop, whoop. All right, we will be talking to you very soon. Thanks, Vinny. See ya. All right, brother. Okay, well, that was uh, Vince Verhai. Oh, we also have well, there to. You uh, go. We have to throw in a plug for Anchor, man. Very high. Dot uh, info. Oh yeah, there you go. <laughs> hey, I told I told everybody, everybody that this was going to be a potpourri edition, man. We got everybody, top to bottom, bunch of different people. Now, since uh, JBL was the um, was the uh, trivia question, I'm going to ask you: Do you know who trained him? Oh, you know what? I should know this. Uh, dude, I know Scott Casey trained Booker. Wasn't Booker Scott T. Casey? Uh, since they came in around the same time. You are uh, wrong. Damn. You are well, way off, Ed. Who trained him then? I don't. I don't know who who did it. I probably should. Brad Rankins. Brad, Brad Rankins. Brad Rankins. That's yeah. actually, uh, I wouldn't think that because you know usually Brad Rankins is the guy who trained the more like you know technical wrestlers. And mm-hmm. stuff. JBL doesn't really fall into that category. So yeah, I never would have guessed that. Yeah, I never would have either. You know, I'm looking at his profile here. I'm like, what, Brad Rangans? What the fuck? Well, I'm I'm gonna ask the question once again. This is the last time. The call-in number is area code three four seven two one five seven nine four six. I want to give you three DVDs from my sponsor, WrestleWarehouse.com. Actually, you know what? If you call in and get it right, I will throw in a John Cena T-shirt. And the question is, 
when uh, JBL would tour Mexico and work Mexico, what was his gimmick? Okay. Let me ask you a question about JBL, KZ. Sure. Okay, there was uh, for quite a while, there was quite a bit of internet uh, uh, Bradshaw hate going on. Mm -hmm. Okay. And uh, it's funny. I think I've always thought that was funny because just month, just a few months before that, or a little time before that, when he was doing the APA, he was the darling of the internet because everyone loved the APA. And uh, what do you think made everyone just totally like do a 180 on Bradshaw? Do you think it was all that shit that that little shit that went down in Germany, or do you think no. it was? What do you what do you think it was? Because I mean, he I mean, he really did go from being super popular. To being super Xbox heat, I guess is the best way to describe it. Was just, a, do you think it was because of the big push when he went uh, to start doing the JBL gimmick, or what do you think it was? Okay, well, when they when they broke up the APA and, and he went, you know, he went to you know the the JBL character, he wasn't fun anymore. They, we lost that entertainment value. But the JBL character was so great. I mean, it took a, a while for people to get into it, but I, I thought it was good from the from when he started doing it. I mean, well, it, was see, just, I, it was just a I different thought, character. I thought when when he started doing the JBL character, it was a, a plain and simple in-ring ripoff of Stan the Larry Hansen. But that's just me. I mean, it's obvious who, you know, who influenced him. It's very obvious, Brody and Hansen and, you know, those type of big, big brawlers. But I don't know, you know, it, it's – JBL, the character wasn't fun, like the APA, you know, sitting there, you know, in the in the, the office, you know, playing cards and all that shit. That stuff was funny. That was entertaining, you know, and there's nothing on TV now other than Santino that is really catching people like that entertainment-wise. You know, there there isn't an Al Snow character. You know, there there isn't, you know, the APA. There isn't – Crash Holly running around with the hardcore title. There isn't anything fun. But that, you know, that's just my my opinion, you know. What what, what do you think? Um I don't know. I think it was just uh maybe a resentment to the big push and uh I guess that's also when the stories about him becoming a bully started to come out. So maybe that had, had a lot to do with it. You know him, him taking liberties or turning people on the back, and you know just kind of being an asshole. Uh, so maybe that had something to do with. It. But I, he just, you know, I just thought it was weird. You know the way everyone, because it wasn't just like something that happened over time. It was just like overnight. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then he didn't help himself when he started insulting like the smart marks and stuff like that and mm-hmm. stuff. So he didn't, he didn't help his cause at all there too. So it's also. I have to agree. Well, since uh, none of the trolls are going to call in and try to win these DVDs, I'm going to ask the question one more time. I'm going to let you try and answer it. Ed, what gimmick did JBL use when he worked Mexico? I, like I said, I don't even remember. I didn't even know that he worked in Mexico, so I'm going to go with uh, freaking Border, border Patrol. <laughs> guess, but his, his tag team partner was Vampiro Canadias the Canadian vampire, and he was called Vampiro Americano. See, I don't even remember that. I don't, I didn't, I guess I just missed that um, when, when that was going on. I guess it was on EMLL when they weren't on TV, when AAA was big. Yep. Yeah, yeah, so I totally missed exactly. that. 
Because I, I mean, I remember Van and everything back when he first started. I remember when he was he was actually pretty bad when he first started. He just had such a cool gimmick. He's really improved. I mean, he's leaps and bounds compared to when he started. We 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 brought up Vampiro. Um, I love his I love his work. I, I love all his shoots shoot interviews that he's done with Bob Barnett and all this other stuff. Um, hey, Big D, um, what, what's your opinion on Vampiro as a worker? Do, do you like watching him? I'm back online. You are back on the line, sweetie. Damn, you should have told me. I'm just here listening. No, I wanted to say I thought JBL's gimmick in Mexico was Grande Tetas, but I guess not. Um, Vampiro, uh, yeah, I've seen him in WCW. I've seen him in, um, uh, whatchamacallit, with the Wrestling Society X. I haven't seen too much of his Mexican work. I know I've seen him in oh, AAA with Conan recently, and I heard he's God down there, so. Mm. Okay, um... Let me make a note. Hold on just a second, guys. Let me make a note here. Make custom DVDs for Ed and Big D of Vampiro. There it is. Is this Mexican Vampiro? Yes. No, he's Canadian that works in Mexico. No, I know, but I'm saying he's. Yes. Uh, you're going to give us Mexican. I got you. Because I've seen a Mexican WCW and- shit. And also California California indie lucha stuff too, which is kind of wacky. What but, years were these from? That year that, that um, you have, like, or you have everything all years. I have uh, from 2000. I have uh, some of his XPW stuff. I have before that. I have a bunch of vamp stuff. <laughs> but awesome. So, uh, Ed, do you have any opinions on Mr. Vampiro? Yeah, I've always liked Vampiro. I mean, it's always been a great gimmick, and uh, he's had a great look. I need. A, I want to know though. In any of those Bob Barnett shooting interviews, does he explain why he cut off his hair and didn't get a twenty grand payoff for it? No, he never explained it, and he that's, hasn't that's, done. He hasn't done a shoot dumbest, in a while. Yeah, that's one of the you dumbest know? things that I mean. I love Vampiro, but. He, Honestly, that is one of the dumbest things in the history of mankind. I mean, that hair was part of his gimmick and part of his look for such a long time. He would have made twenty grand, twenty five grand. Well, I don't know if they make that much, but I'm assuming it would have been a major payoff that he just kind of just let fly away in the wind. You know, I, you know, I don't know why he did that. I mean, yeah, I don't think he was thinking straight on that day. Hey, you guys, you guys remember the debut MLW show in the ECW arena, right? Genesis, where they had the eight-man tournament for the, for the title. That Shane I never saw the show, but I do remember, the, uh, now, I do remember hearing about it, yeah. Before, a little before that show, Vampiro, you know, took some time off before, you know, coming up to Philly to work that. And, you know, he was pretty much not heard from or anything. And he comes in, he looks like a fucking uh, guardian, you know, a guardian angel. You know, with his hair cut. And I was like, dude, what the fuck? I mean, Ed, Ed's right. I mean, he could have made some fucking money in Arena Mexico. I mean, they they could have packed a fucking bullring. They could have did him and Santo, mask first hair, you know, where Vampiro's so over, you could even, you know, suspend your disbelief and even think that, you know, Santo could lose his mask. Because he was that over. And he didn't do it. He didn't get the fucking payday. And he's done it a few times. That's fucking lame. Would you would you compare it to Jericho coming back with the John Bon Jovi haircut and the uh, faggot keychain? 
They're watching? Yes. <clears throat> Damn, that, that I, must have uh, been bad. Jericho's, Jericho's new look is fucking harsh, man. Those tights are gay. But I, I have to say, though, Michaels has elevated him. You know? Michaels well, did yeah, well, that hand and... What an awesome what feud, man. That's that's gonna. I mean, I, I didn't over. expect them to continue it. What? Uh, well, it ain't over. No, I know, I know, not I'm, over. And yeah, I'm I, a, I, I didn't think I they continued. Well, working to WrestleMania. I hope somehow, some way, they keep this going to WrestleMania. What I did earlier in the show, uh, the beginning of the show, I, I mentioned my my booking plans as far as if I were booking it, I would have Michaels win the ladder match, win the belt. Um, and he fends off Jericho. Jericho wins the Rumble, goes to Mania, and Michaels and Benoit, or Benoit, Michaels and Jericho headline WrestleMania for the title. I would actually do it the opposite way. I would have Jericho go over and have Sean chase him. That way Sean has a chance to win the title in Texas. And if he was to win it in Houston, I mean, the pop for that would be out of mm. this world. That's a now, good point. Now, That's a very good would point. You, now, check this out. Would you have Michaels win the Rumble? Or one of those bullshit elimination chambers. I think you could have the SmackDown guy win the Rumble this year since the Raw guys won it so many times, man. Yeah, I'd have Sean get the contender spot some other way. You know, honestly, because oh, you could have the SmackDown I, guy uh, win the Rumble. I hate that shit. I hate that fucking elimination chamber because it 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 makes the Rumble look like you know okay you can win either you know beat out twenty nine other guys or beat out five. It doesn't have to be the uh, the chamber. It could be some other match. It could be a tournament. Whatever. No, that's what they're doing. That's what that's that's what it is now. No way out is the elimination chamber with the winner going to WrestleMania against their brand champion. Well, they had two chambers. Uh, they had two chambers last year. Are you saying they're gonna have two again or just one? Maybe two. One for a title shot, and the other with the ECW strap, maybe. I'm not a big fan of that. To be honest with you, mm. I, I'm not either. I was I'm never. A, I'm not a fan of the match. I I, don't I like love it. the match, but you do it once a year and that's it. Or maybe once Eight. every two years. You don't do two on one show. That was the problem with the scramble. You had three scrambles, and oh. I mean, as bad as the idea of the scramble was, you don't need to have three of them. If you're gonna have a badass match that means something, you definitely don't do it more than once on the show. Mm. Remember well, back in the day, though, in the NWA, they'd have two. They have a double main event with two cages. So well, I guess yeah, it worked back then. Well, yeah, because they were they were big programs and everything was built to the cage. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely, I mean, that like, was the whole thing. It's not like you're putting you're putting six faggots <clears throat> in a cage for a fucking title shot. I'd rather have a six way ladder match. That makes more sense. Oh, we haven't seen one of those in a while. What about well, the Armageddon Hell in a Cell? Uh, oh, the six or whatever it was. No, we only did it one time. Yeah, the it was six man mm. Hell in a Cell. Mm. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Um, you know what? Well, we're going to switch it up a little bit. Um, I got up kind of early this morning, and and I've been in a tag team, tag team wrestling type of uh, Jones, and <clears throat> I didn't want to watch the typical Midnight Express, Rock and Roll Express, or Road Warrior stuff. I wanted to look at some indie stuff, and and I I have a, a DVD set. Un, uh, Omega, Uncommon Passion. It's with the Hardys and uh, oh yeah, other about guys. That. And uh, there was a match on there. It was uh, what, what it was the serial thrillers, which was Mike Maverick. 
I forget. I think he may have been one of the Dups. And Shane Helms against the Hardys. And this match just blew me the fuck away. It's in the top ten of the Death Valley Jiver um, 90s Indies uh, voting or whatever it is. And it's just blow away, uh, blow away shit that you just don't see on Indies anymore. Um, like, uh, Big D, you hit FIP, and you see a lot of tag stuff, mm-hmm. right? Um, yeah. Ed, do you do you hit many indies at all, or? To be honest with you, I haven't been to an indie show since uh, Shawn Michaels' little thing closed down. TWA, huh? Yeah. Hmm. So, TWA um, must what? have been awesome, though. Oh but man. That, oh, yeah, I, that stuff was I, good. Yeah, actually, it was, man. It was pretty good. It was. I actually went to two of them. I went to the one where they brought in Just Incredible to fight mm-hmm. Venom, and then I also went to one where. Unfortunately, they had a cool setup at this nightclub, and then they fucking switched over to this fucking YMCA with no fucking air conditioner, and it fucking sucked. But at that first YMCA show, they had uh, they brought in Hardcore Holly, uh, D'Lo Brown, and S.A. Rios and Lita, and uh, they had a uh, they had a damn good match with S.A. and D'Lo against fucking Danielson and Spanky. Man, they fucking just tore it up. And then they had a Holly. It was funny. They had a Holly wrestle. Another guy that was part of the class, he ended up retiring, uh, Shooter Schultz. And he was Bob Holly, yeah, he was good. But uh, it was uh, one of those ones where, uh, uh, kind of like that, that uh, toughen, uh, what do you call it? Uh, it's kind of like the Macapelli incident where he uh, just fucking, he roughed him up and he uh, made him pay his dues in the match. I mean, he didn't like bloody him up, but he was, uh, he was hitting him hard, man. He was hitting him real hard. <laughs> now, now, Ed, I, I'm not sure if I sent you the match, but I know I sent Big D the match, the match from Memphis with uh, Brian Danielson and, and William Regal. Oh yeah, I remember that. What, yeah, that was, what did you What did you think of that match, D? I thought I thought it was uh, it was fun to watch. It, it was more fun to watch because I'm familiar with the two guys and I knew what they'd go on to be. Uh. It, I liked it. I thought it was uh, it was funny how Danielson played a uh, a white meat. I mean, that was like the whitest meat, and that's because he's pale, baby face I've ever seen, man. And and Regal, of course, you know, is it just me or has Regal become stiffer in recent years? Like back then, he didn't seem like he was that stiff. He was just a snug worker. Nowadays, he's breaking guys' noses every every night. No, he's he's an he's what Regal now is what I like to call an HD worker. He knows it's an HD. So he's laying it in. Ah, good point. I, I, that totally overlooked me. I never even thought of that. I, I copyright that phrase, HD worker. So that, that's mine. Anybody uses it, I'm going to sue you. Just like uh, that dude from uh, James in Kentucky. Dynamite Dave. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, Ed. I got a chuckle from Ed. <laughs> oh, my God, I miss the E out of days. Don't you, Ed? Oh yeah, dude, that show was that show was awesome, man. And plus, they didn't go to commercial every goddamn five minutes like they do for Sports Byline. They didn't take that uh, big ass one in the middle of the show. So, and then they had Al. The <laughs> and then they had Al running the show, so Al fucking you know knew how to run the program. I mean, the producer they got now, he's a nice guy and all, but Jesus Christ, dude. I mean, it's no lie when they say that can is put together with fucking cans and a string, dude. So. Yeah, you were talking about tag team wrestling. 
Hey, you didn't finish. Hello? What was that? I don't know. Is everybody still here? I'm here. KZ, are you here? I guess we lost KZ. <laughs> How can we lose KZ if it's his show? What the fuck? It happened on it happened on my show, dude. I got disconnected one time when I had a Vinny and Pizza Machine, and they didn't even know I was gone until I came back and told them. So I guess we're still on. We're still locked down, but I guess he got thrown off. That doesn't make any sense. So what, when the host gets booted off, doesn't that like boot everybody off? Uh, apparently not. Like I say, it happened on my show, so it actually happened twice on my show where they weren't booted off until I called back. So I guess that's pretty I guess, weird. Speaking of tag teams, uh, I brought up this point earlier that unfortunately it seems like everybody only remembers shit up to like Rock and Roll Express, Midnight Express, and. Um, there's all these tag teams from the early 80s that were badass, like Ricky Steamboat, Jay Youngblood, Ole Anderson, Ivan Koloff, and, you know, it's all these awesome teams, but because they didn't have a pretty flashy name like the Rock and Roll Express, Midnight Express, that, they, uh, that they're not, you know, no one remembers them. And do you have any, is there like a, a tag team that you think is just totally awesome that doesn't get any respect or credit that they deserve? I don't know, man. Demolition, I think, gets slept on way too much. People always think that they're a bunch of LOD copycats. Whatever, dude. I I, I loved watching those fuckers work when it was just action smash. See, I was a WWF kid. I, I didn't get into uh, NWA until a little bit after I got into WWF. That was, like, my first thing. But that's why I'm saying that team. Because, yeah, man, um, they uh, everybody always writes them off as a bunch of LOD wannabes. Casey, are you back? I guess not. Ed, are you there? Are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Yeah, I think yeah, I think it had a, that had a lot to do with demolition. That a lot of people consider them LOD uh, imitators, but they were probably more famous nationally because of the WWE. It's just the hardcore, you know, preferred the LOD. But as far as like the ring work, I mean, we're talking about the fucking mass superstar. I mean, he was like a major, major fucking player before he, you know, he joined demolition. So it's not like it was just two jabronis. No, I don't think anyone knew that. Uh, I don't know if it was Active Smash, but that one of them was a mass superstar, and then he had Crusher Khrushchev as the other one. I mean, they were you had two very competent, good fucking wrestlers that've been around for a long time, and yeah, they they were a damn good team. They beat the crap out of I don't know how many fucking other teams in the WWE. They were pretty fun to watch. Yeah, I think that they were. Uh... They were much better workers than the LOD. I mean, LOD was good, like, for squashing people, but when it came to having good matches, unless they were in there with, like, the horsemen, it really wasn't that good because Tully and Arnie would bump for them like crazy. But Demolition, those matches they had with the Hart Foundation, SummerSlam 90, I think SummerSlam 88, there, I still remember those matches, especially in the one from 1990 because that had one of the best finishes ever. It was that two out of three falls match. And then they started the LOD Demolition Feud, which could have been really big, and then it, it never got big because I guess they didn't push it enough. For, actually, I think Mass Superstar left. I think Axe left, and we were left with Crush and Smash, and that didn't really work out. Yeah, yeah. it sucked. Brian, uh, Sorry, guys. I had technical issues with my phone. We were wondering what happened. We were afraid we were going to cut off here. All right. Great. No, no. You didn't even notice you were gone, Casey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, guys. Well, um, we're going to wrap it up. Uh, I've got about nine minutes, but we're going to wrap up early because I I have uh, to go pick up my son from school. So, uh, Big D, you're first. 
What do you got? All right. Well, no show tonight. Like we said earlier, about two hours ago, my next show is next Wednesday at 11 o'clock, blogtalkradio.com slash emperor underscore big underscore D. Um, no plans right now for the show. I don't really think about it till like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of lazy, man. I don't think about what I'm going to do on the show till a few days prior, unless I, somebody gives me an idea. So we'll see. Just tune in. It'll be good, I promise. It's the most wackiest show right now out there that still makes a lot of sense. There it is. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> Hold on. Uh, all right, Ed, shoot out your plug real quick. Okay, well, I have to disagree on we got the wackiest shows. <laughs> oh, you're right. No, you're right. You're. I'm sorry. Ed's show is wackier, but uh, mine is, like, more like a different kind of wacky. Ed's show is wackier because usually it's, you know, it's, well, you go ahead. And I'm not going to plug your show for you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Everyone needs to check out the the drunk cast on uh, Blog Talk Radio on uh, Friday nights at uh, 10 o'clock. Uh, 6 o'clock in the West. And uh, I was thinking I was going to try and get Brian Fritz, but I think I'm going to hold him over. I think uh, I might have some other stuff going on. But we'll definitely we'll be talking about the UFC show and uh, other uh, stuff. You can join uh, me and the Pete's Machine. And uh, you can also download the show from angrymarks.com. And, uh, yeah, everyone check it out Friday nights. Hey, Ed, um, this Friday, could you and I both review one of those psychosis discs? Uh, yeah, that sounds cool. Which Which one would you like to do? Uh, I haven't even opened up the package, man, so uh, <laughs> I guess I can tomorrow. Okay, well, you still have the master listing, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. You you let me know which one you want to watch, and then I'll watch it too, and we'll we'll review it in like twenty minutes. Okay, that sounds cool. Cool. All right, Eddie. Thanks for coming on, brother. I, I appreciate it. It was a fun show, and uh, I'll be talking to you very soon. Okay, cool, man. Y'all take it easy, man. Bye, bye. All right, brother. Okay, that was Big D and Ed in San Antonio, and I am on the line with my sponsor, Mr. Jeff Dino. What's up, Jeffrey? Mr. Zombie, I would have called him a lot sooner, but I was uh, 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 against what other people say. San Diego promoters don't work together. I was on the phone with uh, with a fellow promoter uh, trying to figure out some shows. Uh, so that took uh, a little longer than I expected. But I caught the last few minutes of Rubber Guard, at least on the phone. Tremendous. I was listening all, the whole time. <laughs> well... Uh, but I know you're now, on the show, so uh, so real quick, we had a show on Saturday. Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. We're 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 not we're not we're not shutting down yet, brother. We're not shutting down oh, yet. I I want to hear about your show. Let's break it down. What, what, what time do you have until? What's when's the show cutting off? Um, the stream will cut off in five minutes, but we will still be recording. So I'd say about oh, I ten. Oh, I see. Oh well. Uh, uh, if anybody out there listening uh, has not uh, seen or heard of SoCal Pro Wrestling, um. There's a, uh, a video up online right now, which will give you probably the best uh, best way to, to get an idea of what we've got to offer down here in San Diego. Uh, just go ahead and go to the website, SoCalProWrestling.com. Uh, that's the website. Click on events. There's a, a music video up from our show from this past Saturday. Uh, check it out. Uh, you live around here, come to the next show. Our next show is on October 11th. Okay, um, for those those fans that, you know, what the hell with SoCal 
for any wrestling fans. Um, next not a week from tomorrow, next Thursday, we're going to have former NWA champion Scrap Iron Adam Pierce on the show. Um, Mr. Pierce has a big announcement. Um, he's kayfabing me. He's not telling me a thing. But we are going to have the champ on next Thursday. So I have no idea what he's what he's got in got on his mind. So he uh, requested time. So uh, whenever I can fit the champion, I will gladly do it. Um, speaking of Pierce, did he work this past show? Yes, he did. Who did he work? Uh, it was a tag team match. It was the final uh, TNT Championship gauntlet challenge with uh, SoCal Crazy and Tommy Wilson. And uh, they defeated Adam Pierce and uh, Jason Redondo. Was it a good match? Uh, it was a good match. The, the whole show was great all around. Well, let's um, let's let's start from the curtain jerker. Who opened it up? Jerker. Uh, uh, the opening match was uh, Mr. Petty Officer Ryan Stone. Uh, he defeated Locura, which was a uh, which was a great match. Um, second one uh, right after those guys was Johnny Goodtime and Scott Lost, which uh, uh, everybody loved that match. A lot of people are saying that was the match of the night. Really. Well, that's good. That's good to see that. Uh, it's good to see that Scott worked worked uh, worked for you again. Um, you know, Scott is you know he's a top tier guy. You know, in Southern California, he's just fucking awesome. Babyface, heel, tweener, doesn't matter. That guy can fucking go. And you know, Johnny Goodtime's no slouch. He was trained by the Ballards. So. Oh, anything with Johnny Goodtime is good. There, good time with Johnny. <laughs> you know it. Uh, and next, next up. match was uh, it was supposed to be cool imagery: Ricky Mandel and Hector Canales against the Ballard Brothers, which is uh, supposed to be a best of three series uh, for the tag titles, which are, have been held up. Uh, Ballard's uh, no showed, and uh, they were filled in by Dustin Cutler and Sonny Sampson. They no showed. Uh, the Ballards uh, decided not to show up. They did not want to listen to uh, to the commissioner and him stripping them of the belt, so they decided not to show up. Hmm. And then what was next? Uh, next was Chimera against the rock and roll rebel soul, Johnny Yuma. Yes. Did uh, which, Mr. Yuma... Uh, which which, you, which you're Mr. a fan Yuma of? keep I, up with Chimera. Uh, it was a great, great match. The full match is up on the website, SoCalProWrestling.com. Uh, full match is up. Go ahead, go to the bottom, click videos. There it is. Uh, awesome. So check out that video. You can see the full match uh, and also the music video from the show. And then there was our main event that we uh, already said. It was a great show, great show. Um, so definitely check out the website. Look at this. We're going to be done before 2 o'clock. Nope, because we're going to talk about LLII the day after. Was there a show? Uh, there was no show. Uh, uh, I was on the phone with uh, with the uh, with the man of LLII, and uh, uh, it's still in the works for the next show. So uh, just kind of keep checking checking online. Cool. And you'll be able to cool. get more information on that. Yeah. Um, earlier in the show, I had Jesse Hernandez on from the EWF. And I we heard. were just, we were just, you know, talking, and and we brought up Rey Mysterio, and um, 
you know, I, I talked about, you know, he, he's still going at, at a high level. Um, and he's still a draw. I mean, he drew 1,700 up here, you know, which is amazing because we don't draw too well up here. But uh, him and his him and his boy are, you know, a hell of a team. Um, what, what do you think about using them, you know, in, in SoCal Pro? I, I'd love to see them in the Ballards. Um, yeah, you never know. I, uh, Ray Mysterio Sr., uh, he was on, he was on our show last year, last summer, uh, which was great. Uh, him and Penzero and, uh, uh, a couple of the guys that came out and, uh, it was a, it was a great match. So, you know, definitely, uh, whatever, Jeff, whatever, whatever, dude, everybody knows, everybody and their mother knows that you're rather partial when it comes to the Pandolero. We know this. <laughs> uh, you're gonna have to make me a, a best of best of TJ from him. <laughs> I gotta pick up some more. I have to pick up some more footage. But actually, yeah. So anybody who hasn't seen him, definitely go check him out. I'd rather watch him than Rey Mysterio. Uh, there you go. Well, um, since since you are my sponsor, WrestleWarehouse.com. Any new releases, DVD-wise? Uh, no DVD-wise. Um, I guess this is the tis the season for for Halloween. Halloween's coming up, so we're gonna have a lot of uh, a lot of new fresh masks coming to WrestleWarehouse.com for Halloween. A lot of big sales. Uh, we have one up right now. Buy two masks, get one free. Um, so definitely check out WrestleWarehouse.com. Uh, a lot of stuff for Halloween coming up. Awesome. Well, Jeff. Thanks for uh, reaching in and making the hot tag. I appreciate it, brother, and we'll have to uh, probably have you on with the champ next Thursday. Oh, sounds good. All right, man. We'll talk to you soon. All right, brother. Take it easy. Okay, that was the owner and operator of SoCalProWrestling.com and WrestleWarehouse.com. <clears throat> we are, uh, we're recording, but we're not streaming. So uh, what we're going to do is I'm going to break it down. Visit my sponsor, WrestleWarehouse.com, and we will talk to you next Thursday. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.